Uh, before we get started, I have two announcements to make, and I'm going to tr- try to make them quick. Um, so first, want to let you know if you're listening to this around the time this episode comes out, either on early release or on the regular public release feed, um, Duckstream is coming up very soon. I believe this is our fourth annual uh, Duckstream event. If not that, then it's the third, um, where we stream video games uh, for 48 hours to benefit the Transactive Gender Center uh, out of Portland, Oregon. Um, That will be the weekend of December 8th, 9th, and 10th, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on on Friday night. So we'd love to have you come by. For more information, go to duckfeed.tv slash duckstream. That should be up uh, and uh, should show you what you need to know. The second announcement is that uh, we're changing up the schedule for January just a bit. Um, We initially said that we're going to do uh, Dungeon Keeper 2. Uh, That's not the case for a multitude of reasons, mostly having to do with stuff like story and humor and atmosphere, things like that. We are going back to Dungeon Keeper 1. So the lineup for January will be our live episode about WarioWare, then our episode about Child of Light, and then rounding out with Dungeon Keeper 1. Apologies if somebody went and bought DK2 and played all of it in the in the interim. Uh, didn't mean for that to happen. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, now let's talk about The Witcher. Come on. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are beginning our discussion of the main quest of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, a, mm-hmm. uh, an open world Western RPG developed by CD Projekt Red in 2015. Yeah, absolutely. Before we uh, get into it, you know, make sure the last episode was all the generalities and there are several kind of rubrics uh, we tried to set out for like what a monster nest looks like and what a kind of detective mode section looks like. So we can refer to those in shorthand, just in case you have zero familiarity with the game and are experiencing it vicariously through us. Uh, That will be handy uh, for you. And then uh, I want to put a note real early on uh, two things real quick. One, um, just before anybody adds us, which they may have already added us since it came out last week. um, I was like, man, you know, adrenaline doesn't affect damage, which is what the internet told me. But then a tool tip told me it did. Oh, so I don't know. Um, it never <laughs> it, seems to, but like, who can tell? It is a very poorly explained mechanic, yes. even in the in uh, the in-game tutorial text in the codex. Yes. So, yeah. So that is, uh, you know, that is. I'll, I'll stand by my. Uh, it is poorly explained. Comment and who who actually knows? I found contradicting information. Yeah. Uh, the second thing too is that, um, you know, I, I played these early parts of this game quite a while ago. Um, and I just went through today, I was playing, I'm uh, playing Hearts of Stone. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't wait. 
And I ended up finding a quest that I'd missed. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the main thing and did it. That was like a level 24 uh, kind of number. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things that, uh, you know, it's possible that one of us or like you had a, a list that you went off of. But even some quests are not available uh, unless certain things happen. Right. Um, you know, there are uh, some little details and stuff I missed. So just the standard caveat whenever we're covering something incomprehensibly big. Mm hmm that a couple details may fall through the cracks. Yeah. The aim is to be exhaustive, not comprehensive. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of things too. I haven't read like the wiki entry for every single quest either. So there are yeah. a couple of them there where there's some minor articulations and how it can change, mm-hmm. uh, that I don't have to mind. And I imagine you don't have all eventualities in your notes for, oh, I, bet, I imagine you have the major ones, but absolutely not. <laughs> Dear yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> So as as always, this is going to be this is a game with many different ways it can shake out mm-hmm. where we're going to be talking about our respective experiences with it, as opposed to being an audio wiki where we can say, well, you know, if you did this, then this side character from The Witcher 1 shows up in the background of the scene in a window and right. here's their history, you know, because I probably didn't notice those things when they happened and uh, and don't know all of them that do happen. Yeah, well, we also don't have uh, a lot of catalog on the first two entries of the game or the uh, the book series. Yes. Um, so, you know, all of that we mentioned in the first episode. Um, and because this is a game about seeing the way your choices unfurl, you know, our story and our recollection is going to be based on our choices. Yes. And maybe different than yours and will not be uh, necessarily the canon one or everything that is possible. Yes. Uh, within the bounding box yeah. of The Witcher 3. To heap caveat on top of caveat, there are major secondary <laughs> there are major yeah. secondary quests that kind of spin out of tasks that important characters ask you to do in the main quest. Um, these are important for the ending, important for the world. We got a truck through this thing. Um, yeah. So we're going to put a pin in and say like, hey, this is where this other quest is going to go. Part four of this series, the secondary quest episode, is going to talk about uh, talk about those at length. Yes, the, the, this game actually does a pretty good job of blurring the line between what is secondary and what's critical, which is kind of part of its you know general philosophy of you having incomplete information. Right. So you don't know what's going to necessarily be important to the the state of the world and to your character and, and where he ends up uh, at the time. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll note it, but just be like, well, that's, you know, that happened a little bit differently because I did this. Well, we'll, we'll cover it. You yeah. know, we're, we're doing a little bit of timey-wimeyness because this made sense to, you know, it made sense to organize it this way rather than attempt to uh, chronologically, which would <laughs> be real weird. Like we would take breaks from major quests to go do monster hunts and shit. Yeah. And that would be odd. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it with the amazing opening sequence for this, for the prologue. This was um, this very, you know, very beginning thing that happens when you first uh, gain control, um, you know, before we actually get the, this little thing like put. I imagine it puts people off and it put me off a little bit because I do think it takes a little a second to understand, like controlling this and having it feel right in your hands, especially after coming from um, playing lots of souls. Oh, yeah. Such. Yeah. You're, you're, a little you're, bit different. You're, you're speaking specifically about uh, about the care more in sequence. Yeah, yeah. Like when you get, you know, the beginning of the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit uh, yeah. before the, because uh, the whole thing is kind of a prologue, but we do open with this opening cutscene. Yes. Just uh, the, the beginning, 
awkward stages of this that like <laughs> until I played it a second time and really knew how to move Geralt around, I was distracted by that and didn't actually realize how cool this literal opening is. Yes. Um, so let's, yeah, let's talk about that cutscene and then talk about uh, the playing section. Yeah. Uh, early on so the cutscene does a very good job of setting up the state of the world and specifically the state of the region where the game takes place um you know it, it takes place shortly after the witcher 2 and there's just been this gigantic war and we have this emp- this empire of um Nilfgaard encroaching from the south and kind of taking over these northern kingdoms you know emperor amir has conquered the land um you know after this uh, kind of conjunction leading to magic, et cetera. So again, setting yeah, up the, the world. The, the conjunction is 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 why there is magic at all yes. in the world and why these monsters are in the world. So it's it's the thing that turns this into a fantasy universe as opposed to like a Dark Ages Europe. Right. Kind of thing. Um, that was you know a long time in the past, but it establishes all of it. It does the ancient history and more recent history mm-hmm. uh, kind of right up. And it tells you what the Witcher's you know, kind of places in the world. And notably to this game's plot specifically mentions the Wild Hunt. Yes. Uh, the wild hunt rides the sky with every full moon. Some say they hail the second conjunction. Yep. Um, so we will learn more about the wild hunt. And that is kind of one of the, the main kind of mysteries of the game. Yeah. But the game introduces it right off the bat. Yeah. It is ridiculous how long it takes for them to give any more information about the mechanics of the wild hunt. Yeah. The, it, <laughs> I was I was pretty surprised when you find out what the wild hunt is. Yes. Because uh, I you know, it is a. Uh, it's interesting. It's not quite as like mysterious as I thought it was going to be. It goes it, in a direction I did not expect. Right. In this in this intro, it is presented as a force of nature. Yes. It's actually just a bunch of Stephen Kings with skull mask. It breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> he shows up in this too. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and just, uh, you know. <laughs> the, the, did, you, did you just learn about that or? No, no. I just, I, it was the first uh, fourth wall breaking ah, okay. thing that popped to mind. I could have used Grant Morrison too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I just the the idea of like a, a legion of a, a legion of kings yes. uh, showing up and it just being Stephen King's weird dorky wide face. <laughs> the, um, hi guys, um, yeah, see, I'm like, give us the girl. Uh, the, <laughs> so, um, in the more immediate kind of prologue, uh, we get this awesome battle scene that shows you exactly how grisly all this is going to be. We see a man chopping a horse in half. Yeah. <laughs> And this is like even just the the way this kind of like that specifically as a as a nod, I feel like maybe came about because of this game coming out after like Game of Thrones, you know, came up. That's like a real Game of Thrones kind of thing to show. Okay, that that is a uh, extreme horse torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of horse torture, maybe especially if you watch the DVDs. But the um, I wonder if that that's a a specific nod or just kind of influenced by by that cultural you know move move yeah. with that long faces of death yes yeah the uh yeah um zoo too <laughs> faces of death yeah. yeah um but yeah this battle is kind of taking place in this quiet little uh province of white orchard uh and this is a battle that is going to scar the landscape like mm-hmm. this entire province is basically one massive open grave yeah um as we as as we see later on yeah yep yeah um, and while we we see the scene with this battle, um, we also see a uh, a raven get shot through someone's head um, here because we're we're introduced uh, to this uh, this woman uh, mm-hmm. here, Yana, um, who we're going to be dealing with. That is the the person we're pursuing initially, this raven haired sorceress. Yes, uh, here who fucks shit up, like uh, essentially takes on 
you know, one side of this army <laughs> on her own. Yep. As establishing how exactly how powerful sorceresses are in this uh, in this world. Yeah, uh, and a, you know, a great deal of the story of the previous games, I'm led to believe, has to do um, almost in a Dragon Age two style fashion with exactly how a society handles this uh, the, the, these sorceresses. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, cut to the present. We see Geralt, and um, I have some others uh, in the note, but it's Vesemir. Yeah, Vesemir. Um, yes. You know, following the trail of this woman across the battlefield, uh, you know, in a uh, Boondock Saints style, they're walking alongside the flashback of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they end up kind of camping next to this crystalline crow's skull that Yennefer has left behind. Again, they're on the trail. Yep. Um, that gets us into our actually first playable sequence. So that's just kind of, again, really setting tone more than anything. You right, know, saying that you're, right. you're following Yennefer and, and that, you know, war. Uh, is on is on the table but yeah. um not a whole lot specifically happens yeah. there that is super important and, um, and all this is done in a pretty cool um oh gosh like motion comics style motion graphics yeah 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 um so and you can actually see a cutscene of a lot of this stuff as well uh if you leave like the attract mode go mm -hmm. there is like a, a an actual scene with yennefer fighting that is in in motion full motion rather than motion comic nice um, so we, we, oh, with our opening kind of tutorial, uh, sequence, even though this whole area is a huge tutorial, um, we have this pretty infamous scene, uh, where Geralt is in a bathtub, PC <laughs> gamer, uh, bathtub. <laughs> you could pick any other photo. I, I am so glad that they don't. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like it's the, the, the criticism of that, like is so feels so nakedly homophobic to me. Oh yeah. Like I just don't like seeing, yeah, it feels like the, like the, the people are making a big deal out of that. Yeah, uh, just having to see like a, you know, a uh, a cut dude picture for for everything. Like, <laughs> like a cut I don't think dude like splayed open. Yeah, like like literally spread eagle. Like come in for you know, <laughs> open up. Here comes the airplane. You know, and then just, uh, the the I don't I don't think that's why PC Gamer did it. No, but I think that their response to it, like the outsized response, is at least partly rooted in that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's very smart of them to double down on that. Yeah, yeah, is uh, is hilarious. Mm -hmm. So. Because Geralt is a ridiculous character. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, well, and you don't see, like, tons of uh, uh, beefcake, you True. know, beefcake men yeah. in Out, games. Like, it just doesn't happen very yeah. often. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, oftentimes, then you get Raiden and stuff. Ah, you get the beach and fuckboy. This is, this is, this is a, a, like, a Frank Franzetta, like, you know, beefcake yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. Snake's out of beefcake. <laughs> He's, an, he's, a, he's an old, like, he's a pork chop. Like, he gets yeah. microwaved in one of the games. Like, he's he's not a He's literally a jerky. Like, it's... I, I, didn't, I didn't realize exactly how, uh, ex exactly how pork chop like he was in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very pork choppy. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. that's, that's how we're introduced to Geralt here. He's, you know, in, in, the, in the tub. And he's at this uh, cool mountain fortress called Kaer Morin. Um, yes. And, you know, Yennefer is there as revealed by the fact that she sends a magical bug creature to rouse him from the water. Yeah, that from from the, the camera, the way it moves and everything, it looks again. Here comes the airplane like it, it goes right in for a landing and it's pretty, you know, uh, cringy yeah. a little bit because I don't want that magical bug all over my ding dong. Mm. And um, this is kind of just establishing their relationship, which is very like lived in and flirty. Yes. Um, you know, you can kind of like try to convince her to, uh, you know. To fool around and she's like, no, you're supposed to go, uh, you're supposed to go train Siri. Yes. You promised her you'd train her. 
she's down practicing with her sword. And, uh, so, you know, you're supposed to go help her and, uh, you know, you eventually you head down. Um, and this is just literally teaching you like press, you know, press circle to jump. Yeah. Uh, L2 to use your witcher senses. Yeah. She sends um, you to like look for a key or something. Cause she yeah. got locked out of her closet or something like that. Yeah. Just, just like something they'll find. And we'll, we're introduced to how things glow red, uh, in that, that mode. Um, you can turn off the fisheye lens. That goes with that. And that oh. was a uh, lifesaver for my nausea. Jesus. Oh. I really, I, yep. I need to go and look at that setting because that is a major complaint for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's super optional. This game actually has amazing, like HUD, uh, options. Uh, nice. You can change a lot of things. So changing that colorblind thing to make the magnifying glasses appear in the mini map mm-hmm. was helpful and turning off that fish eye lens. And then I could not have my stomach royal every single time I went into Witcher mode. Yeah. And just, just immediately like, Hey, here's a super queasy, nauseous, um, uh, floaty camera for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so you, so you head down, um, yeah. you head down to uh, meet Siri. And again, that you don't really know, you know, you can come into this game fresh, which, which we more or less did. I didn't really know who Siri was, um, and the scene, you know, the idea here is to establish your relationship Yes, with her. Yeah. To, you know, to, to, to give a little bit of, uh, um, kind of background on her as this, you know, free spirit, incredibly co- competent, you know, young girl, but also to show that Geralt is like one half her dad and the other half her drill sergeant almost. Yeah. Like you, you have a hand in training her. Yes. Um, as is Vesemir. And for people who don't know, uh, Vesemir is the person who trained you. Yes. Uh, Vesemir is like, you know, grandpa, grandpa yeah. witcher. He's uh he's, he's the Obi-Wan of the wolf school. Of yes. Witcher. Yes. Um, when we first see Siri, this, uh, this kind of competence is really well portrayed because she's doing these, uh, what you know, the polls, mm-hmm. um, where she kind of goes back and forth. Um, it's, it's like Batman begins training. training. Yeah. 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 Doing Batman begins training with a blindfold on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty intense. Yeah. Like over a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and, so. and Geralt comes up and like tells her, "Hey, you know, ease up on the backstroke. Oh, you need to make sure you like just you know, no, no matter how amazing, uh, amazingly she's performing, he still uh, is. There's still uh, things she could be doing yeah. better. He's not abusive real, about it, but no, no, he's he's not. You, and it's real weird when the camera pans over to just the big pile of dead trainees on the other side of the cliff. We just fell off." Yeah. This, this drill it's real weird every time the the witchers uh they show the witcher school they just pan over to a pile of corpses to show how serious and dangerous it is to become a a, a witcher yeah the um that is a joke that doesn't I, happen um the uh so you know you're, you you kind of uh give her the business um you also get to do this uh this running and jumping thing running the walls yes uh somewhere in here with her which is just teaching you again how to move about mm-hmm and uh, the kind of important thing, though, is that you have a way of uh, choosing how you interact with her. Like you can tease her, you can kind of chide her, um, or you can like be strict with her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the earliest you're able to kind of establish a relationship with her. And again, kind of decide like the fiction presents Siri as this daughter figure, um, but you get to decide what that means yeah. to your to your Geralt. You get to decide what kind of dad you're going to be. Um, yes. And it's always amazing. I, I, I love the way that Geralt interacts with children. In this game. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 very good with children. Yeah, um, yeah, especially when they's catching snails. <laughs> um, the uh, and so we also get this little training segment with Vesemir. Vesemir shows up. Um, Siri proves that she was paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, has read the book that he was trying to get her to read already. Right. Um, you know, knows the difference between ghouls and al ghouls, <laughs> uh, which which we'll get to later. Like, if that's a, I love how that every time it's said, it sounds like a name. Yep. Call um, me call me al ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, um, so, and then you get to do this uh, training segment if you want to. It's optional. 
mm-hmm. with Vesemir to learn uh, pretty much all of your your verbs that we talked about. Right. So, so all the signs, bombs, crossbow, etc. Yep. Very important. Um, uh, not crossbow, but crossbow comes a little bit later. But yeah, all the the basic combat things. It's good to know um, if you're new to this. I appreciate that they let you skip that lengthy sequence if, you've, uh, if you're coming to this uh, afterwards. That is mm-hmm. always, uh, always a valuable thing. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but something goes wrong because, you know, Siri ends up uh, uh, running away. You know, she's really angry um, about the way something went in training. And then Geralt noticed, hey, there's something. What's wrong with this dummy? That she... He pulls a patch of cloth off, off of it and there's a body inside. And then it begins to snow and... Geralt sees an armored figure that calls him the White Wolf um, approach yeah. and attack a frozen Siri. And it well, turns... every everyone is frozen. Yes, and he, you know, he, it has an element of that like running in slow motion to prevent a tragedy in a dream. Yes, kind of thing, you know. And that the dummy, you know, bleeding is such a cool, surreal <laughs> little bit um, that in the uh, in the Witcher like lore interpretation community, mm-hmm. it is uh, you know people keep talking about what this symbolizes because it, it, it turns out this is a dream. Um, that that you have about uh, about Siri mm-hmm. and uh, what that that dummy symbolizes, but that idea of attacking a dummy and having it be like you know a straw mm-hmm. covering a human human body, yeah, uh, is super cool. Yeah, it's like um, biting into an apple and finding out that it's full of teeth. Yeah, or it's got a body in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so we, we you know we pan out. We this turns out to be a dream, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, you're explaining it to, to Vesemir, right? You know, because yeah. this is a mystical world and dreams can have significance, um, yes. you know, for them. And turns out that, like, none of that really happened. Like, Yennefer was never a Kaer Morin. Triss was. We're going to meet Triss later. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, this was kind of Geralt uh, assembling a preferable past. Um, yes. You know, before it ultimately led to, you know, essentially this anxiety dream about the horrible end that he fears for Ciri. Um, so as uh, as you're kind of talking about this and you, you get back to the matter at hand, it just pre- you know, presented with the opening uh, cutscene that you're looking for Yennefer, um, ghouls attack. Yes. Uh, so you get you get to fight some ghouls. Yeah. Um, hooray. Uh, yeah. You'll, you'll fight lots of ghouls. Uh, <laughs> get to fight are... lots of ghouls, necrophages, uh, drowners, etc. Uh, drowners, kind of your... drowners are probably the most common yes. monster in this whole game. Um, there are monsters that have kind of interesting things about fighting them. Yes. Um, I think this game gets kind of a, a bad rap for how you know, uh, people kind of shit on the combat as being very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, ghouls are not that though. No, um, ghouls kind of just leap, um, is their thing. Right. So, and Al ghouls are tougher. Yeah. Al ghouls have yeah. a little bit more of a, um, tenacity to them as it is. Yeah. Regular ghouls, even at this early stage of the game kind of exist to show off the dismemberment, um, feature of this, uh, yeah. this engine. <laughs> Um, and as we get to uh, different monsters, you know, the first time we encounter them, if there is kind of a gimmick, mm-hmm. we, will, we will talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this kind of starts your first uh, main quest in this this prologue chapter, um, Lilac and Gooseberries. Yeah. Um, so, so the extended tutorial of this game, you know, the the, the prologue is its own world map, which you yes. know, if you remember last episode, I said, oh, I thought this was just the world of the game. Nope. This is a tiny fraction of it. Yes. Um, and it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um. This, this main quest when you're going through, that is the scent that is on the letter. Those yes. the, that's, that's how Yennefer smells. Yes. Um, and she mentions that you could head to this, this village uh, to meet her. Right. 
Uh, but when you, when you get there, uh, turns out that it's been raised to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Because as we yeah. said, this is, you know, this was the, the site of a gigantic battle between Nilfgaard and kind of the, the local forces. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, on your way there, uh, we get another, uh, this little bit of foreshadowing mm -hmm. uh, here and just kind of introducing how the witchers work in the world a little bit more. Yes. Um, so uh, we find this griffin uh, devouring a merchant's horse. And uh, the merchant's there. You kind of chase the griffin off. Um, there are corpses everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the merchant says, like, hey, you know, we can, uh, uh, you know, thank you for saving me. And you say, you can say, like, hey, you know, a little coin would be nice. <laughs> right. you know, we, we, did, we did some work. Mm -hmm. um, or, yeah. Yeah. And he says, yep, I've got no coin. And also, I think maybe they hung the alderman. So there's mm -hmm. no contract for that. Maybe you can talk with the Nilf Guardians, with the black ones, because they, uh, they run this joint. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you head to this, uh, head to this white archer in, mm -hmm. uh, there. Um, and this is another little kind of introducing you to a lot of things. Uh -huh. Um, there's a scholar in the bar that will teach you about Gwent. Yep. Um, if you want to do Gwent, um, there are a couple of people you can just kind of ask about things. And this gives you, uh, your first time of using oxy, uh, to, uh, confuse their minds and stuff and, yeah. and make them say, the, you know, the, the the way you said ax, axi made it sound like uh, oxy like oxycotton. Yeah, I, I yeah. take I'm I'm real into oxy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right now. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't know why I said it like that. That's why. Um axi. 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 I should say it like yeah, yeah the the, uh, the Bronx. Yep, yeah, lean into your Chicago accent, Gary. I, I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> why you know a speaker with your accent and no more. Mamma mia. Mamma mia. Um, one of the things I love about this, uh, about this in, in the scene that you get here, you've got, um, this conflict between the patrons and the barkeep, you know, she has taken down the sigil with the Temerian Lily and replaced it with the sigil for the, you know, with the sun for, you know, for, for, for Nilfgaard and, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to drink under that fucking sun. Yeah. Um, the, the local drunks, you know, aren't having it. No, no. They're very patriotic, very local. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that this first chapter does really well, and I think the game does pretty well in general, is show uh, what some of the consequences of war uh, for like real people. Right. You know, for, for, for the small folk mm -hmm. in Game of Thrones terms, <laughs> um, you know, this innkeeper doesn't, you know, like ha obviously has a horse in this race, but like isn't a patriot, you know, doesn't like just want is just trying to survive. Right. So, you know, is caught in the middle of this. Yeah. If she keeps those lilies up, she's fucked. You know, yeah. because essentially the police and the emperor are going to come down on her. You know, yeah. you know she there, there, there's a sense of going along to get along here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they don't like the sun. They also don't take too kindly to them witchers. No, no. no. Um, so they, they will, you know, as you can kind of step in during this conflict, um, they will start a fight. Yeah. Uh, with you, which like the way that in general that I played Geralt is that I don't. uh like he doesn't the two things that always get punished by getting, being being murdered is uh being tricked so mm -hmm. anybody who tries to like you know take you for a ride's got to go yep um and if somebody does challenge me like that's on them yeah you know they they fucked up mhm mm you know and it's uh yeah you walked yeah. into that knife yeah they mm -hmm. walked in i'm just going to do this <laughs> with my two swords and if you walk forward yeah yep so these these guys these guys these guys got to go yeah um, I like how this introduces the limitation of your mind trick because it can mm, seem yeah, yeah. it can seem like a win button. However, like we said last episode, 
um, if you don't have it upgraded, it only works on one person at a time. Yeah. Um, and the other person will see like, oh my gosh, he's crawling inside of our heads. This is why we don't trust witchers. Yep. And we got to take him out. So this you know, turned into a big fight uh, for me. When you ask the uh, the innkeep and the innkeep isn't going to thank you for that. <laughs> like, you know, like you just, you know, make it, like she's screaming and freaking out. Um, but you, 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 when she comes down and you talk to her, um, you can ask her about Yennefer. She doesn't know about Yennefer. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, like, hey, ask some locals. Um, you run into a man named uh, Gontaro Dim. Yep. Uh, Reference to Tower. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's very interesting. He, he is a character in, uh, Hearts of Stone. Oh, um, a, a major character in Hearts of Stone. So huh. look forward. To, I didn't know that was a Dark Tower reference and boy, Cole, you're going <laughs> to like Hearts of Stone, man. <laughs> like, I'm sure I will. It's, uh, it's extremely good. Dondro Dim is one of my favorite characters, uh, in this, this whole endeavor. Nice. Uh, here he's very unassuming. Right. Right. Just kind of like a, like a, like a townie. Um, yeah. he recognizes Geralt and, uh, by proxy, Yennefer, by you know, by the description, uh, because you know Geralt and Yennefer are sung of. Um, yeah, they're the, <laughs> right. They they, they are uh, they basically part of the media almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a poet that you know Geralt runs with and occasionally saves, mostly saves named Dand- Dandelion who writes songs yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be dealing with Dandelion later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says like, hey, she wrote in uh, wrote in the nearby Nilfgaardian camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, here. Yeah. Um, head that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I should ever see you again, you know, and you're in a position to do a favor for me, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, when you head outside, uh, like the peasants are like, hey, you came around here and fucked up those people. Right. That's <laughs> not okay. This can't stand. Yeah, this can't stand because you don't just get away with it is not like a weird playground. You mm-hmm. know, there are consequences in this game. Um, and this kind of teaches you about fist fighting. You're not going to summarily execute these people. They're just peasants. Right, right. But uh, you will knock about, knock them about a bit. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll you'll hospitalize them. It's Batman rules. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way fist fighting works in this game, uh, it's very similar to, you know, sword fighting. You can't use signs and it's not lethal, of course, but um, you do more damage, but it's it's stun damage, mm-hmm. you know, essentially in, in D&D in terms. Um, but it controls very similarly. Right. Um, and there is a whole quest chain about fist fighting. That's pretty fun. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we'll get to uh, in a few episodes. Yeah. Um, so after you resolve that, ultimately you go to a Nilfgaardian garrison that says, hey, I can give you information about this woman um, because, you know, just we we, we, have, we have our ways, but we're going to need you to kill this griffin first. Yeah. So that griffin that we saw on the way into town is kind of the final boss of this area. And there's a little bit of... Um, you know, again, kind of showing that complexity of what this Nilfgaardian presence means here, because there's somebody shows up when you're having this conversation uh, who's paying like a tithe. Mm-hmm. Um, a local has to pay a certain amount of their grain to the the garrison and, uh, you know, gave rotten grain. Right. right. Uh, or something. So he gets he gets lashed. He gets whipped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is. Well, these guys are not necessarily good guys mm-hmm. uh, who are here. Right. Um, you know, even handed, but kind of shitty. Uh, the big thing is you have to you know take on this uh, this griffin as we mentioned to get to keep your eyes on the the prize mm-hmm. um, and this is a multi part quest yeah um, um, I love that this turns into a procedural because you have Vesemir here who kind of you know there, there's no reason that Geralt wouldn't know how to do this but he walks the player through what you need to do like okay how do we locate the griffin how do we lure it to a particular place etc you know like just how do we gather the information that we need. And it, well, it doesn't read as um, one character kind of po- you know pointless being pointlessly being expository because that's been written into Vesemir's character. Like we've already established during the dream that he is very by the books 
Um, you know, he will say these things that everyone knows because repetition will eventually hammer into their skulls. Mm-hmm. Like he is a teacher. Um, and with, you know, a kind of a boring teacher archetype. And with that, like he would, would talk out loud the mm-hmm. entire process. Yeah. Um, not that Geralt doesn't usually do that, but it, it allows him to do it in a way that like instructs the player. Yeah. It's, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's trying to instruct Geralt. It's presented, you know, it's, it's important play information that's presented as an actual conversation yeah. as opposed to like, you know, just kind of this didactic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you need to, uh, you need to find Buckthorn, um, and, uh, you need to find get some more information about it. So you need to find this hunter who found men that were attacked by the uh, the beast. Yeah, uh, the hunter won't help you until you help him take out some wild dogs. Um, you know, and you have to kill the wild dogs because they have taken to hunting uh, hunting people for sport, like men. Yes, and the reason why is because uh, you know there's chaos because of the war. Right, like there are wild dogs about because everything is in this set of you know this sense of disarray. It's like episode one of the leftovers. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it comes up in a conversation that he was kicked out of his village, uh, for being in love with his Lord's son. And, you know, it ended up turning out not that great after the takeover happened. Yeah. So bummer, bummer, sad. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So he leads you to the place where he found these Nilfgaardian corpses, the ones that the garrison told you about. Uh, and you use your senses to follow this scent trail, uh, to the Griffin's nest, uh, you know, determining, Hey, it's an older female, of this particular type, let's, uh, you know, actually assemble the lore so we can get it on favorable terms. Yep. Um, one of those things is going to be to actually lure it out into the open, which you need this uh, buckthorn. Uh, buckthorn grows on the bottom of a river. Um, when you head to an, an herbalist to see if you can find that, that, you know, that's what she tells you where to find it. But also there's this little side quest, which we'll talk about uh, in a couple episodes yep. um, on death's bed, uh, which has not serious ramifications, but like, did this pop up for you like 10 hours after you did it? Yep. Because <laughs> it did for you. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, good, good job. Yep. It, it surprised me at that one. Uh, um, but the big thing here, um, that side quest is important. It's not a main quest thing, but it encourages you to brew Swallow and get the ingredients for Swallow, which is your main healing mm-hmm. thing. And functions as your alchemy tutorial. Yes. Um, this also teaches you, uh, you get the, um, oh gosh, you get the uh, recipe for thunder as well. Thunderbolt. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that is recommended. Vesemir says like, hey, we're going to set this trap. Um, here's a crossbow because this thing flies. And if you, you know, you might want to use thunderbolt to do more damage because it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, then we fight like kind of our first boss, this griffin. Yeah. Um, it's cool to fight big enemies in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the fact that Geralt is very mobile and you have those two different dodges uh, lends it very well to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the uh, the crossbow kind of this is where it it's time to shine as a utility item, mm-hmm. um, because if you can tag the griffin when it's flying, it will fall. Yes. It doesn't do very much damage, but it will uh, disturb it and it will crash. Yeah. Um, the way that the griffin fights, you know, uh, when it's on the ground, you know, kind of mostly short slashes and kind of uh, whipping its back around, mm-hmm. um, which can, you know, is when you want a long dodge. Um, but it also will fly for for periods. Mm-hmm. And do these kind of strafing run. Yeah, it's got um, different different kinds of griffins have different kind of spit attacks, mostly yes. related to acid and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, after you uh, fight him for a while, um, he runs away, but you track it down and finish it. Right. Um, and you get the cool little cutscene that I get tired of seeing. Actually, yeah, you can. You... <laughs> me too. But I mean, you can skip it. It's it's the same every time. You just need to watch it once. Right, right. Which is Geralt whipping out his uh, his Bowie knife and uh, cutting off that head because that is how you prove 
what you have done. Um, and that's important to know because in later contracts and stuff, sometimes you might have the ability to extend some mercy. Well, if you don't have mm -hmm. the trophy, um, you're probably not going to get your full reward. Yeah, you can sometimes get a partial reward. Right. Um, but it does that is how you prove what you've done. Um, they also act as static uh, upgrades, yes. passive upgrades, you, you when you them attach them to your horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember what this first one does. Um, it might be the 5% experience mm -hmm. one. There's tons of overlap. I think that there definitely could have been a lot more variety yep. in these. I just found somebody who finally will buy them uh, at a decent price oh, wow. in my in my game. And I will realize, like, I don't, these are heavy and I don't need to keep all these just rotting heads on Roach. <laughs> like, I sold all my, you know, all of them except for, you know, one of each function. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, I I haven't found that person yet, so I mostly just keep them in the in the Baron's yeah in series room at the Baron's place. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, look what I look, look what like I got that you. smell coming from the guest room. Yeah, um, Geralt doesn't just have the eyes of a cat; he also has the behaviors he'll bring back. Well, and the heads of several cats. Yep. The um, the, uh, I don't uh, I don't use storage boxes in games. No, I, yeah, I can't stand it. I don't I don't know what it is. I just don't do it. Um, you know, it's lazy. Does this allow you to do stuff new craft from your storage box or do you have to be at your storage box and like actually retrieve the stuff? Honestly, I don't know. It's a laziness thing. If I'm not sure if I want to sell a thing or not, but I don't want to carry it anymore. I just offload it and then make the uh, make the sell or dismantle decision later. Mm. Yeah. I just, if, if it lets you craft from it, then that's great. I'll put all of my like my literal, you know, taxidermies workshop. Mm hmm taxidermist workshop of like parts i have with me yeah and stick them in there but like it just i don't like messing with those interfaces usually yeah tends to be a drag for me yeah and i just figuring out what i want to sell and what i don't ends up being just a little bit too much friction for me when i get when i yeah. when i want to get onto the next quest yeah i i haven't i have not been making that decision either i've just been like i'll sell armor mm -hmm. and stuff because I, I, I i've got my armor and weapons sorted but everything else i've just been carrying with me and then yeah maybe more frequent stops to sell stuff because of my inventory not, but you can eventually get a decoction that increases your equip load, which is useful. Yeah. That stuff. Anywho, um, you know, so you take its head um, and then you head back to the uh, garrison commander and he's giving lashes to that farmer. I guess that's where that happens, where yeah. uh, the guy showed up with the rotten grain. Mm -hmm. um, and he uh, he mentions that uh, he, he'll give you some gold for the thing. Um, and he tells you a little bit more about Yennefer's whereabouts. Yeah. You can you can turn down the gold because you're fucking disgusted with them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is what i did um i don't know if i would make that decision now um but at the time i was like yeah i'm not gonna touch your fucking filthy money well it's it's kind of a um a good illustration of this game's philosophy uh of being somewhat you know morally agnostic mm -hmm. than than most games because it's a very early opportunity to, to make a very traditional bioware style rpg choice and learn that you get nothing for it right so you can turn down the reward. You can take the reward. It doesn't, you know, stop the wheels of the world from from moving, mm -hmm. and it doesn't result in getting more experience or a different upgrade or something like that. Which is what a lifetime of Western role playing games has probably taught most players. Yeah, oh, you know, I, so, I, I follow that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I, I'm not I'm not criticizing you. I think it's a, a definite little piece of design though, because I think that it's most people will do it. What mm -hmm. will do that? Yeah, you know, um, and then learning that that's not going to help you is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, nobody like pats you on the back. Like all you've done is deny yourself a hundred crowns, which is yeah. really useful because you know, uh, I I never figured out how to break the economy in this game. I'm pretty much always scraping the bottom. So I, you know, I I went from having, uh, just you know, I've got 
13,000 gold. Okay. And, and I have nothing to do with it. And then uh, started the crafting things to make my master oh my set gosh. of armor. And now I got nothing. Yep. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's a, there's a money sink early on in the expansion as well, where it's just like, so any money you can possibly have, uh, it'll go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also never figure out how to break the economy for a little while. I had, I was, I was literally buying out alchemists because <laughs> I was like, I, I know I'll need this some point. <laughs> um, you know, and not no longer. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take all of your chicken wings. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, buy yeah. buy all the food and booze you can. But like, uh, yeah, I I ran into the same thing. I I just did my master crafted Griffin school set, and mm. uh, yeah, that that cleaned it's me out. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, yeah, the economy in this game is a little bit a little bit odd. Um, so when you you head back to meet Vesemir because he's just been waiting at the inn, kind of hanging out, drinking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, fight breaks out. Yes. Um, between the witchers and, and the the black ones, the Nilf guardians. Yeah. This one's more serious. Like they've actually like mounted up a force for you. Yeah. You know, it's not just the couple of drunk people who were there. Um, it feels very like, much like a Western. Yeah. The, the section like them showing up to like at the, uh, the mysterious strangers out of town, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, you head outside to finish the brawl and this is when your old flame decides to roll up. <laughs> yep. so you beating the shit out of some yokels. Yep, your ex shows up with it with a pithy remark, Yennefer, on a horse. She's well dressed and she's within the care of the the Nilf Guardians. You know they're yes. with her as well, um, and says like, "Hey, you know we're gonna go to, uh, the Emperor has requested your presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has an offer for you. Let's go." Vesemir says, "Now nah, I'm gonna go back to Kaer Morhen," and uh, you ride out of White Orchard. Mm-hmm. And as you do, it begins to snow because the Wild Hunt is on your heels as you ride for Vizima. Yes. Um, that is what happens in the story here. If you're playing, you know, again, if it's not too late to stop and play this amazing game, um, do everything uh-huh. in white. Orchard. Like we, we got through that fairly quickly. Um, you actually want to hit every question mark on this thing. And that's going to yeah. introduce you to places of power and different kinds of monsters you can fight and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You're going to be uh, spending about like 10 hours in white orchard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's a good, it's a good, you know, it's time well spent. Yep. The game kind of tells you that you need to be doing some side stuff because the recommended level for the quest from, from here on out are level two. Right. So it's saying like, hey, you should probably have leveled up. Yeah, um, you're you're kind of trapped for the uh, for, for the next uh, like quest or so for a little bit. Once you land in Velen, like once you get where you're going to go, you can fast travel back to White Orchard. There's nothing yeah. stopping you. It's not like you lose this forever. Yep. Um, weirdly, the game never makes you go back there. Right. Like, there's never a quest that says like, hey, there's you know, go deliver this to somebody in White Orchard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do kind of coordinate off. But if you didn't do everything. You can you can uh, go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say it's it's also a good source for uh, for some uh, some alchemy ingredients that end up being a little bit rare um, in mm. in other places. Strangely enough, that's mostly why I went back there. The weird thing about alchemy ingredients is that uh, the rarity in the land kind of maps sensibly. Like there are places where different things grow, but I would run every once in a while. I run to an alchemy. I get think something was very rare. I run to an alchemist who had like 10 of them and they were really cheap. <laughs> it's just, they have variable inventories. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, but during the weird flush with cash, you know, 20 or 25 hours that I played of this game, uh, I was, you know, making a point of seeking out alchemists and buying them out because I got real into alchemy. Yeah. So the next little section, you are in uh, Vizima, which is the uh, imperial capital of this uh, this invading force. Yeah, um, this is meant to be a little bit of a callback because I think v- Vizima was it used to be the head of the Temerian Empire, 
or Temeria, mm-hmm. and it is, you know, uh, being occupied by the Empire now. That they haven't actually like gone that far to to to, to shift it over. Yes. But yeah. yeah. And you spend you spend time here in Witcher One and Two. Yeah. As well. Um and guess what? Gerald, he can't keep him he can't keep his ass out that tub. Yeah, he loves bathing. <laughs> uh, which who doesn't? Right. Um he's getting bathed by, by ladies here. They're trying to make you presentable for their emperor. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to shave you, and this character, uh, General uh Morvan Voorhees mm-hmm. uh comes in uh, to kind of interrogate you and, and do this questionnaire. Um, if you, when you start this game, you can say in Portal Witcher 2 save, uh, simulate a save mm-hmm. or, or do nothing. Um, if you do nothing, the developers made a series of choices yeah. for you for this section. Um, I imagine it just plays out like a cutscene mm-hmm. in that case. Um, if you import your save, all your things from, uh, the Assassin of Kings, Witcher 2, mm-hmm. uh, will kind of come here. Otherwise, this is a place where I think this is a neat idea. But you were making a lot of decisions with absolutely no context. Oh, I was making a ton of de- ton of decisions just based on the names. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Like I knew one of the things I knew that got spoiled for me, right, wrong, or whatever, was that uh, this determines kind of who is alive to run into. Uh-huh. And when the question was like, you know, did somebody die or not? I tried to make it so they lived because I'd rather run into them right. than not. And I know that, you know, the way that I already knew that the way I wanted to play my, my Geralt was that he genuinely like cares about his companion. So when it was like, did you protect Triss? Did you, did you not? I was like, of course I did. Yeah. I even remember Triss from, from playing Witcher one. Like Triss is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like it is just kind of a fantasy name gobbledygook. <laughs> and I feel like they could have done a lot better job of making this work. Yeah. Um, um this the, is kind of alphabet soup. There are other studios that do this, the, that have handled this a lot better. Bioware has actually done a very good job at simulating saves. Mm. Um, either like with Mass Effect through that motion comic that they did, or they released a whole app for Dragon Age Inquisition to rebuild your save, mm. um, stuff like that. But again, that is based on information that you have, um, you know, rather than kind of introducing you fresh to these ideas. Yeah. And one of the, the, the ways that this could have been better is if the game allowed you to go into your codex uh, when you were in dialogue. Yeah. Um, the reason it doesn't is because there are dialogue choices where it wants you, it wants to test whether you've done your reading. Right. Essentially, you know, if you've done proper preparation, you know, the answer, but if Gerald didn't read the book, like he wouldn't have the answer. <laughs> so it doesn't, you know, you can't, uh, it's not an open book exam, but this section would be great for that because mm-hmm. you could actually learn who some of these people are. Yeah. Um, so I just made guesses and yeah. I don't remember what I guessed other than mostly trying to keep people alive. Um, I did a little bit of research to see what I missed. Uh, from this and there is an entire character there's like another witcher who i didn't run into at all what you the, didn't the run into uh yeah yeah I, for, I forget his name uh i got no beef boy no beef boy he's uh, got he's, mono beef boy. he's pretty Where's good the beef he's, boy? <laughs> he's from the viper school i i i like that quest that i did with him i would have loved to have done that quest in yeah. fact i'll have to open said i'll have to watch it on youtube.com because <laughs> i didn't because uh, of how they handle this yeah I didn't, I didn't know what to do um and it, it ends up actually being kind of a boring sequence like there's some comedy that comes from you like picking out your outfit uh, and you know, just kind of being shaved, yeah. you know, which is a surreal situation. But <laughs> yeah, just somebody shaving you. Yeah, um, I, I, my understanding is being shaved feels really good. Like if you go to a barber, um, I I don't know that I would want to handle hand over that that amount of control to somebody. I I more or less know that I I don't. Yeah, I don't think I can handle somebody having a straight razor to my neck. Right. Um, me and Brayden did that shaving thing, and I've known Brayden long enough to where like that was okay. Uh huh. And it was in a little casing, so like he could have cut me. <laughs> but I don't, you know, he couldn't have like killed me. Well, also there, there's a camera on him. <laughs> right. And it was being broadcast live and to the police. Like I sent the police a, a quick little tip to tune yeah. into Duckstream in case Brayden decided to summarily execute me. 
<laughs> Metroid Prime Forever, pig. Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a cut two tumba widths wide. <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love the line here. You know, like, oh, we're gonna have to shave that beard, and Geralt's like, oh, I, I, I thought it made me look distinguished. Not when it's full of lice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's a vagrant. He lives on the road. He has no home. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of lice for somebody you know who is as, as much a hunky beefcake as he is. Yeah, lousy, um, lousy with yeah. them. Lousy with lice. Um, you this little little thing where you learn how to bow. You know, <laughs> these little like mini game kind of things here these little memory test things remind me of um like downtime fun shit you do in final fantasy 7 for some reason oh yeah like when you're you know pretending to be you know be in the uh in rufus's guard there are things like that there are a couple of sequences in this game that make you that make you dress up and i like the idea of that because you know Geralt is really practical and he hates you know he, he generally resents a lot of things but like formality is one of them mm-hmm. um I, th- I think it's oversold a little bit in play mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. This this never bothered me. I always liked it. Yeah. Um, I always thought it was pretty cute. Oh yeah, it's cute. It's funny. Yeah. I just uh, I, I I don't want to have to go to a tailor, um, to pick out a to pick out a fancy dress. I just kind of want to go and do the quest. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a there, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, it makes it makes sense for me for like immersion breaking or like non-immersion breaking things. Like, <sighs> if you if you're gonna have the um, you know, have him stick out like a sore thumb in high in high society anyway. You know, like you, you, I, there, there are restaurants I can't go into without a jacket. Uh huh. You know, so it just it doesn't make it feel like oh, here's this barbarian walking amongst the the nobles. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, sometimes it is a pain just to kind of walk out of your way. Yeah. You know, there, there, it doesn't do a lot of that. Like, I don't think there are very many tasks in this game that are just chores, yeah. but there are a couple of them. I said and, like it was a like a terrible um inconvenient thing that was like a deal breaker for the game no i just wish it happened once and not the three or four times that it ended up happening for me yeah yep. i think that's fair yeah um but regardless you go in and speak to the emperor and he gets right to the point like everything up to this has been a lot of pageantry he just wants his daughter back siri yeah. is is around again and she's in danger well he, siri is his daughter yes yeah. just a, like this is where i learned that like it's possible that you know book readers and such would know that but i was just like oh right. bullshit yeah um i'm not sure how established that is because they go out of their way to say like amir you know sired her under a pseudonym etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um you know i don't know if like this is a late addition to bring some kind of imperial stakes to it but he is the biological father whereas Geralt is the one who kind of raised her right right the real father he's the garth brooks and you're the chris gaines <laughs> the um <laughs> So, so, you know, and essentially just like, hey, well, you know, will you save her? Will you bring her back? You have a choice of how much lip, you know, you give uh, give him. You're never in real danger here, but you can uh, you can sass him or you can, uh, you know, be deferential. Yeah. To him as the emperor. Um, when you leave, you end up talking to Yennefer um, and, you know, you find out that she's here essentially uh, with Amir because of Siri. Like right. she is also feels very strongly about Siri, she's more or less a mother figure right right uh, for her so the two of you are kind of on parrot quest mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and otherwise you know yennefer would not have allied herself with with amir at all none of the yeah. empires have really uh uh kind of great things to say about sorceresses um now amir is probably better than radovid um over in redania we're going to get a lot of experience with them later 
Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, this is, this is purely a relationship of convenience so that she can see her daughter saved. Yeah, Radovid's a monster. Yeah. Amir is just, you know, kind of a ruthless, shitty emperor. Yeah. But yeah. he does care about his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yennefer gives you some leads. Yeah. Um, so it's like, hey, Siri has been found in Velen and Novograd, which is a little bit confusing because it seems like Novograd is in Velen. Mm-hmm. Um, they share a world map. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did your phone activate it when did. you said Siri? Uh, hey, Siri, Ventana Bellin and confusing because it seems like. <laughs> I didn't think I had that on. I could have sworn I'd turn that off. But Apple probably turned it on on its own because it wants more engagement. Yep. Uh, yeah, it wants, it wants Siri to, to, to make little sassy jokes at you. Oh, my God. <sighs> God I hate the fucking future, Cole. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's kind of the goddamn worst. Yeah. How? Okay. Go die. Die, Siri. Die. Okay. And if, and then there's a uh, man, it was super hard to kill Cortana on Windows 10. Oh, geez. I think too, like, stop trying to shelve digital assistance down my dick. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to stop. Yeah. I cannot handle it. Stop trying to compete um, for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a one digital assistant man right now. I, I just, I don't need to have anything around me when I'm alone. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't want a digital friend. I've got roars. Yeah. And I've got myself. And well, that's you're, all lucky. I need. you're lucky because you have roars. Yeah, I guess I, I I can imagine a world without roars where maybe I'd be grateful for the company of Siri. Yeah. Well, also, it's you not know? like a company thing. I just ask it to tell me the traffic and the news in the morning. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I just but like having it, you know, having it be a, a, a excuse to talk even. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, uh, I can understand wanting that. I just I don't want because I, I ask roars what the traffic and weather is. And, <laughs> and I'm happy with my answers. I well, damn well, take well, it. One day, maybe he'll uh, respond. Yeah. Yeah. It's meow outside. Oh, the gosh. um the thing you're so, in slack roar strap roar strap tweets were the bait yeah uh, i've been thinking about that all <laughs> week we did a uh uh so for people who don't know there's an adaptation decay episode we did on buckner and garcia's pac-man fever album um you should patronize us to listen to Ad- uh, adaptation decay because it's a fun good podcast mm-hmm. um and that episode is good and fun and there's a terrible song called mousetrap uh <laughs> and i have recently had to bait roars into several different situations <laughs> Uh, so the uh uh for for good and for ill like wars has had a rough week um and uh i was singing that song Mm -hmm. to be about trapping roars well now he is going to be as disgusted and afraid of that song as i am yeah because a a dog can need a cat and a horse can need a dog and a and a hawk will eat them all he'll devour the world yeah the uh The, the, the hierarchy <laughs> Gangster octopus will eat the poochie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so so anywho, so you get these leads. Um, you're gonna you have to have uh, Siri's been seen both those places. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you talk to this merchant named Hendrix at the end of the crossroads in Velen, uh, you'll that's your your first stop. Yes. So, and uh, Triss has been seen in Velen as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and Yen tells you this with a certain amount of disgust. There is uh there is bad blood between the two of them. Yes. Specifically vis a vis you. Yeah, Tris Tris is an old an old love. Yes. Of yours. An old flame. So yes. uh Yen is going to head over to another place that Siri has been spotted. Um, the Skellige Isles, where there was a magical explosion that fits kind of her profile. Um, and I'm to search these uh, first few places and then meet up with her, uh, you know, and see how far she had gotten. Turns out not far at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll be going to Skellige. Uh, later that is our whole entirely different map that's 
crazy big and, and involved. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of ask about your past, uh, you know, take those white dialogue options, which you should always take. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned a little bit more about that past with Triss. Um, you know, the reason why you'd settle down with Triss is because you'd lost your memory. Right. Um, and I think it is in Witcher 1, you're amnesiac. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is in the wake of the first Witcher book, which is called The Last Wish. Right, right. Um, we'll be dealing with that last wish later Yeah. Uh, in this game. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to finish reading that story because that is a, a very good quest. Now I want to see what it, you know, what set it up. The quest is so good. Yeah. Like, I, I can't like that. I love that uh, <laughs> so much. We'll we'll get to that. Yes. Um, I am on team Yennefer. <laughs> um, so the uh, you can also kind of ask about local politics, but, you know, uh, Vizima Vizima is not really like a, an area you can travel here, but it's mm-hmm. just the palace. Yeah. You know, that, that's, it's not like a, a full map with, with tons of side quests and shit. <laughs> um, really, you're heading to Develin, uh, the no man's land, this area between these two warring uh, nations. Velen is kind of this vast, expansive countryside. However, a great deal of it is kind of this non-arable swampland. So uh, it is really rough, and you got a lot of villagers walking around with sores and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 low fantasy JPEG. Like it right. is very mud huts and and uh, you know people with that bad haircut, <laughs> that, that, that Dutch boy haircut. You know the bad haircut. You know the bad. Um, <laughs> Like, like the Dutch boy paint character. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like kind of Prince Valiant, but like without shampoo. Okay, yeah. You know, Prince Stagnant. <laughs> the, um, there's like that bad haircut that everybody has. Like all the men in this this game yeah, none yeah. Of them have good haircuts. Yeah, so just a straight drop. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to kind of establish that this is lowfantasy.jpg, uh, the place that it decides to drop you is right next to the hanged man's tree. Yeah, uh, which is a gigantic tree that, uh, guess what, got a bunch of people hanging from it. Yeah, because and these are these are probably you know deserters or mm-hmm. they are people who you know this is all resultant of the war. Yes. Um, you know, so it is. Even though this game does take a lot of pains to show kind of like a shitty, low fantasy setting, it's also you have to keep in mind like, the, it set, t- says every time you go here, it is no man's land. Like this mm-hmm. is specifically the border in a war. Right. Um. You know. So a lot of these. Uh, the strum and drang and kind of misery is about these people getting caught in between these two forces that ultimately you'll be able to influence. Yeah. Um, you know, so it is not quite as cynical as it first presents itself. Yeah. It's suffering if not for a reason, at least with an explanation, which is, you know, oftentimes like if you ask somebody for a reward, if we do a contract for them, they'll say, Oh, times used to be better before the war was on, but like we can't get food anymore. Yeah, it's um, not good. it's not good for anybody. No, no. Um, those two forces, we should we should probably say what they are. Um, mm-hmm. so we already know Nilfgaard. They're this kind of um like southern Europe coded uh kingdom that's uh coming in from the south. And then there's also um oh gosh, Redania that is led yes. by King Radovid, uh kind of marked for its basically no separation between church and state. Radovid is really um uh, paranoid. And a huge arm of his government is the Church of the Eternal Fire um, yes. that bur- just just burns people for fun. 
because they may or may not be a witch. And if they're not a witch, well, they probably have like elf in them or something. So let's burn them anyway. Yeah. And, and we'll learn more about those guys. That is also something that is not, um, you know, exactly what it seems. Right. Yeah. The church of the eternal fire. My understanding is that, um, Redovic, uh, is in power as a direct result of what happened in the Witcher two. Right. He's the, so he's he, the son of, uh, the Temerian emperor that, uh, yes, yes. The king who was assassinated in the assassin of Kings. Yeah. Um, and he's, you can kind of learn about him a little bit. We'll learn about a lot more about him later, but he is, uh, like a madman. Mm-hmm. Like he's very efficient. He's a very efficient, uh, military leader and ruler, but he's also a paranoid crank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> and all these people, you know, even in the city of Novigrad, which is up there to the north, um, which, you know, is a free city. It has never, you know, f- explicitly flown the banner of a particular emperor, never bowed to anybody. But still, there are these forces that are uh, vying to control it. And the church has made its way in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, we're looking for this uh, this this Hendrick at the at the end. Um, as we're kind of searching for him uh, here, we end up finding this uh, this town that has been frozen over and raided by the wild hunt. Yes. So um, at the very least, we know that we're on the trail, but so is the hunt. Um, yes. And you go into Hendrick's house and go into the basement and you find his ledger. Siri was here. Um, and this is where we get our kind of two big leads for the two arcs that ended up being one gigantic arc that have too many arcs in it. Um, okay. She had been talking with a witch and with a baron. Um, and the, um, uh, the hunt killed him because, you know, he was also seeking her out, mm. you know, for the emperor. Right. Yes. Yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are these, these two kind of quests, these inter kind of weave with each other. So we're going to try to make an order of them, but just know that there's a lot of uh, freedom here. Yes. In uh, in what order you do this stuff. Yeah. There- uh, so starting with, with hunting the witch, hunting a witch. Right. Um, because there is one witch that people are talking about around here. You know, it turns out that there's this medicine woman um, who is helping out the, uh, the, the people of a nearby village. Uh, you know, they direct us to, they, they direct me, me uh, God, me, us, Geralt. They direct Geralt um, mm-hmm. to, you know, to her hut uh, reluctantly though, because they think that he's a witch hunter. You know, we know that that's about. Yeah. Um, that's that, that's that church of the eternal fire. Right. Right. Um, our witch hunters. Um, and they don't want to give uh, give her up to the witch hunters because it is useful right. to have a witch about. Yeah. Um, and I, I love this. I love, like, they, they call her a witch, but she just kind of knows about how to take care of sick cows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just the kind of, like, alchemy you pick up. Right. Because uh, we, as we find out, as we, we go into, into her house uh, and kind of check her out, we can kind of see these little implements and, and kind of evidence that there's more here than it seems like she's not just like an herbalist. No, no, there's, there's a certain amount of sophistication here. There's makeup, there's stuff that kind of seems from society. Uh, you eventually go through a portal um, to her hideout. You know, she would not live in this shitty little uh, uh, shanty that she presents. Mm. No, she's got this underground grotto. Um, and the person that we meet is Kira Metz, who is a former yes. sorceress of the lodge. Yes. And she, you know, get the implication here that she was a part of a previous game. Um, never to the part I played, but you have a history. Right, right. She's a character from the books. I looked it up in the wiki. Like she's Mm. uh, like a lot of these characters that are presented as major end up being like, oh, they were mentioned once or twice in the previous game, but they weren't main main fixtures. Mm. Kira was was part of the books. Okay, gotcha. Regardless of which Geralt has some kind of uh, history. 
right. miss her. Um, you know, in this like weird little beautiful grotto, like you walk up, um, she's bathing. Um, cause again, baths happen <laughs> a lot in this game. Um, she dresses herself with magic. Yeah. Um, we should probably mention like, this is a game that will show you nudity. Like oh, you're, yeah. you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of breasts in this. Yeah. There are titties, uh, in, in the game. <laughs> I specifically um, didn't say titties. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that, that's pretty accurate to what, <laughs> I know. what you see in the game. Those are like undeniably titties. Like yeah. there's, you know, there, there, there are breasts, there are titties and there are titties. Yeah. T-I-D-D. And these are, these are titties. T-I-D-D-Y-Z. Yeah. 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 And they, you know, they all look like weird mannequin. Right. Like there's, you know, it is definitely meant to, you know, it make, you know, titillate. And, and I don't, you know, doesn't lay the 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 pipe for that i guess doesn't lay <laughs> doesn't lay the doesn't lay the tracks right for right. that one bit um you know but it is uh it's meant to even down to when you talk to her um and you leave eventually you know there are tons of rabbits in her zone mm-hmm. and it shows uh, a bunch of a couple of rabbits fucking foreshadowing um <laughs> you know the the, the 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 sex that you eventually will be able to have with caramets but because this is a good game uh is more than it seems right which we'll we'll get to uh, eventually. Yeah, the secondary um, quest. The, a secondary quest, but um, it's letting you know, hey, you're gonna bone <laughs> down. Yep. <laughs> and they only did the rabbits because there are no trains in this world, at least at least not in this area, so they could not show when going into a yeah, tunnel. They, yeah. <laughs> Initially, it was just the one of the gnomes like dropping a hot dog into a well. Um, and it was just, it was just, oh no, my Frankenfurter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I Frankenfurter. I think that's a character from Rocky Horror. Yeah, the, the, yeah, there's Doctor Frankenfurter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we we learn. Um, you know, we ask her, "Is like, hey, are you the the witch that Siri's been talking to?" And she says, "No." Um, but an elven mage came by and was asking about Siri. Let's go find him. Right, right. Also, you know, like all the sorceresses, except except for Triss, Triss is on the level. Um, Kira has her own uh, kind of agenda for this. She has a reason to yeah. go after this uh, this elven mage who is unnamed so far. And this takes us to a quest called Wandering in the Dark, which is our first kind of uh, dungeon. Yeah, and one of the major dungeons in the game. Like this yeah. isn't a very dungeon heavy game. No, uh, this is this is pretty significant. Um, so we, we follow, uh, her, you know, you meet down in this kind of cave ruin and when we get there, we see the wild hunt, uh, is kind of across this chasm. Right. They're already here. They go through a portal. Um, and, uh, we're there to pursue. (laughs) Yes. Um, and this sets up, uh, a character, uh, kind of quirk, uh, of Geralt's that is remarked upon every single time a portal is in play. I did research to see if this is founded on a particular incident. Geralt hates portals. You know, yeah. he, he he would always prefer, even if it means riding across a continent over the course of several weeks, he would always prefer to go on foot rather than uh, rather than be teleported. Um, there is no, as far as I can tell, like major incident, like where he almost got like telefragged or something like that. Apparently that happens in this universe. And also mm. we see it here, you know, she tries to, uh, Kira tries to teleport us across that bridge and you get separated. Like it deposits you in a cavern a little bit further, you know, down into the, into the system. Yeah. No, apparently the, the pro tip thing to do here is not go through the teleporter. Oh, um, just stick with her and explore from, from where you're at. Oh, dang. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't know. 
Yeah. I just found out because then you don't have to find her again. And I just found that out from reading. I like the uh, the character beat, though, because you're separated and she starts screaming, uh, you know, screaming bloody murder uh, as though the wild hunt is after her. No, actually, she's just afraid of some rats. Yeah. <laughs> yep, which you get to fight off, which is ludicrous because you do the same kind of animations and stuff. Yep. So fighting rat rats is very funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, Geralt doesn't have a stomp move. No. No. Um. So uh, you, you save her and you guys continue your kind of quest to look for this elf. Um, we find um, a message that the elf had left. Yeah. Um, it's called something. I can't remember what the name of this like magical answering machine is, <laughs> but essentially he sets up like a force ghost mm-hmm. to say something in Elvish and it's uh, follow the sign of your sword. And Geralt knows that Siri named her sword Swallow. Right. So, so you have to find these Swallow notes or Swallow uh, sigils. Right. Uh, which will kind of guide you along uh, to the right path to, you know, what ends up being this elf's little hideout. So, you know, you follow these clues in the magic signs and you end up getting trapped by a golem for your, you know, kind of second, you know, boss slash mid-boss fight, um, yeah. you know, down here. Golems uh, are pretty much like you would expect. Like, this one doesn't have an awful lot of, like, English put to him. He's just very resilient and uh, you end up having to uh, kind of race him for damage. Well, there's, there's a little bit of that. Um, it's a little bit of... Uh with him where you, you know, you're going to chip away. Like it's going to be yeah. an endurance kind of thing. Um, and fighting him with Kira, like Kira will stun him. Right. Uh, quite a bit. Like one of the things I like about this game is when you have companions mm-hmm. um, with you, they don't like you, there's never like a, a Tarkus, like step back and just let them win, mm-hmm. but they're all useful. Yeah. You know? Um, and what she will do is constantly stun the golem or consistently stun the golem by hitting it with bolts, do very, very little damage, but you can get in some hits. Right. Yeah. Um, Past that, you end up, you know, catching up with the Wild Hunt, um, and they summon the Frost. Uh, and this kind of changes the aspect of this uh, of this of this dungeon and brings us to this uh, to this set piece because they have opened up all these portals down here, um, and you have to stay under Kira's shield so you don't freeze to death and fight off these dogs of the Wild Hunt while she seals these portals. So you're moving along and uh, just uh, trying to keep her safe. Yeah. Yep. Um. As you, you know, continue on, you eventually you kind of fight this uh, this kind of lieutenant mm-hmm. of the Wild Hunt. Um, this knight, um, you, you know, Kira is not here to help you with this. Um, and this is kind of a, like, Dark Souls, Dark Souls style duel mm-hmm. um, with somebody who is also a, a much slower, like a much less nimble, but like another person with a sword. Yeah. Uh, who you fight. Um, um, you really, if you haven't up to this point been leveraging your quick dodge, like your quick step, um, you really need to learn how to do that. This feels like an exam for that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're rolling, you will not do enough damage. Well, you just ro- you roll out of the, uh, uh <laughs> you roll out of range for any kind of counter attack. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if you, if you're using your quick step, you're okay, but he, you know, he doesn't fuck around. No. Like he, you know, he hits pretty hard and, uh, at two different points, like most of the, uh, enemy health bars in this will have two little markers uh, at, at the, the third points, the one third and two third points, and something will happen. And uh, when this happens here, he puts up a shield and summons dogs. Yeah. And so um, you have to beat these dogs quick enough so that he doesn't recover all of his health. Yeah, I, I didn't know that he could recover his health here. Health here. I don't know if I was just... Oh, if you were you know, just I, like pro pro MLG for life. I, I love killing dogs. Four, four, 420 no scope, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like if it comes down to killing... I, that's, that's not true at all. I can't even keep up this bit. Like I love dogs. I... Facebook now, uh, I've pretty much narrowed my Facebook feed down to entirely animals. Um, and, and those little, like, you know, this, watch this dog get pet for the first, this abused dog 
get re-socialized after it's been abused things like yeah all i do is cry at animal videos on facebook now like that's where <laughs> that's where i'm at so the um uh yeah so I, I do not like killing dogs but i apparently uh it's a role-playing game and Geralt is efficient at killing dogs enough to where i did not know that he could heal yeah now th these are dogs in name only and also i guess they run around on four legs um and look like dogs but <laughs> But they're, they're covered not with like rocks and shit. Like, yeah, they're Elementia. Yes, I've, I've got I've got a monster's manual entry on them, and the monster's manual doesn't just say like "good boy." <laughs> you know, it's you know. yes, uh, it doesn't say "loves belly scratches." Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you have dispatched this agent of the uh, uh, mighty wild hunt, this seeming force of nature. Um, I don't understand. Maybe he warps away. I can't remember why Geralt doesn't pull off his mask and say, oh, you're one of those. Um, but that comes later. Yeah. You you get his uh, sword. You get some treasure from this. Yes. Or you fight him. So, yeah, I can't remember if he teleports away or not. But you're not, you're, you know, it's not revealed what's under the skull mask. No. At this point. Yeah. Um, um, it's, so you get a you get a message, another message that was left uh, for Siri from the elf that says, hey, get to the place where we were last together. And to beware the witches of Crookback Bog. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you're going to do this. I'm going to trip over Crookback Bog um, every time we say it. Yeah. 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 I uh, I am as well. Yeah. Yeah. We can just instead let's use the uh, Spike Lee film Crooklyn. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> cool. The witches of Crooklyn. Yeah. The witches of Crooklyn. The yeah. sequel. <laughs> Crooklyn to the witches of Crooklyn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, telling you beware of these witches, you know, understanding like, okay, well now we know a, where she was and we know what the real witches in play are. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that there are these ladies of the wood that act as liaisons between the witches and the villagers. Um, and we have a little bit of a, uh, an idea of how we need to go. There's a chapel in Crookback Bog with, um, uh, this trail of treats. Yeah. Cause yeah, you get a book. Um, Kira gives you a book. Uh, about the witches yeah you can read and learn about that and essentially it's just you know you can uh you can you can send your children on this trail of treats mm -hmm. uh here and find out that they hear kind of like supplications from from the villagers the phrase trail of treats is the perfect example of the combination of kind of silly and off yeah but also menacing that i think this game does very much really so. really well um, every time Geralt says trail of treats i think it's a little bit funny <laughs> and then the reality of it is so cool and scary menacing that yeah. it works on me really well very much so yeah i i decided not to pursue this like what we're seeing as my as my path um mm -hmm. because the idea of a bloody baron seemed a little bit more uh um attractive to me again you can mm -hmm. do this in pretty much any order yeah as long so, as there's alliteration you're there so yes. it's either trail of treats or bloody baron but mm -hmm. you you're not going to go to you know something that doesn't have that alliteration family matters i didn't like that yeah. show <laughs> <laughs> Um, even though that quest is great, it is the, it is. um, it is so yeah, we, we'll be going to, uh, we'll be dealing with the, uh, with Crooklyn bog, uh, later on. Yes. Um, as you, on your way out, uh, here, Kara also says like, Hey, you know, here's a way that we can get out. Um, you know, this is an illusory wall, uh, and gives you the stone that can dispel illusions. Um, this game give, makes this something that is context sensitive. Uh -huh. Several of the things you have to equip in this kind of bonus slot are not context sensitive. And I really no. wish they were. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't find, I find the kind of slamming of the inventory of this game to be a little bit overstated, mm -hmm. but every time I had to go in and like equip the doodad for 
one quest or what have you, it was a little bit annoying. Yeah. So just in, in finding minor things to complain about, like it's not a big deal, but I just don't understand why more things aren't handled like this. Yeah. Like eventually you get this magic lamp quest, which we'll, which we'll deal with um, a little bit later. And that could be contextual mm-hmm. and be fine. Very you know, awesome. when you come across something that would use it, press the button. Right. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Whenever I ran into something like that, I figured, oh, this is, this probably works a lot better on PC. Um, and I'm just mm-hmm. running into problems because I'm relying on this inventory wheel. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So I, you know, having not played the PC version of this, I'm not sure how much grace to extend it, you know? Yeah. And I, I, don't, um, what is, I don't know that I should uh, hold it against the game of its uh, console. Um, yeah, if, if it's know. easier on. Right. Yeah. Even though, like, the action parts feel like they control much better on, on a controller. Yeah. To me than they would with keyboard and mouse. So it does seem like it's generally built for a controller one way or another. Yeah. You know? Um, one of the things that's interesting about this quest is you run into a place of power on your way out that you can't get to without this illusory stone. Um, and for a while, you know, most of the major quests in this game will have a place of power somewhere along the way, especially early on, which means that you are, it's, it's keeping the power curve correct. Right. Uh, as you go through, it's very satisfying to find one of these. It feels like a very good concrete reward. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's set that aside and go find this bloody baron um who is this uh who ends up being a remnant of the Temerian army who found kind of this stronghold at crow's perch and decided hey i'm gonna run my own kind of government down here in no man's land yeah um yeah when you when you head there um depending on how you handle things with his men um, back in White Orchard, you can either talk your way past these guards or you might have to find another way in. Mm-hmm. Um, you can show up here and have them be hostile. Um, if so, you talk to a an old guy who tells you about a secret passage and you can actually come up through the well oh. in the middle of the uh, the barons uh, area. <laughs> and this is one of the more kind of uh, infamous, you know, um, as TV tropes would say, you know, the, the dev team thinks of everything um, that trope. Yeah, which is which is uh, no longer called that because if you show up at that secret passage before you have this mission, um, it's blocked with debris and there are a couple of soldiers standing around arguing about who has to clean it up, <laughs> um, which is kind of nice if you try to sequence break. Nice. But uh, this is a, this is a minor consequence. You know how you handle those those fights. Like I think it's if you kill anybody mm-hmm. uh, that are any any of his people, um, then uh, this will either be. A, uh, a cakewalk or you'll have to kind of do this little mini quest yeah the door was pretty much open for me so i think i handled it handled it well maybe i can't remember i don't in the first time i played through this it was open the second time it was not i don't remember aggroing the bloody baron's men mm-hmm. but apparently i did yeah so. so when you finally meet the baron you find out that he's not this you know horrible warlord who wears a skull mask and drinks the blood of his enemies no, he's kind of this fat bearded boar kind of guy. He's real sad. Um, doesn't have he's his real, shit he's together. He's King Robert again from from Game of Thrones. Yeah, like I, I think that that feels intentional to me. Mm-hmm. Like that is what this character maps onto. Yeah, almost one to one. Makes sense to um, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he. So we'll, we'll we'll be dealing with this character for this next little bit, and we'll we'll kind of talk about him like as a guy, or it kind of gets revealed. Um, he is an interesting character. Like he is, he is not a good person. No. Um, but he's really well sketched and he is not outright villainous in a way that, you know, you might expect mm-hmm. like he's, he's a bad person, right? Like there's never, like, it turns out that he is fairly abusive to his family. 
that is never okay and is is pretty unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, the game does similar to you know with other things where it kind of explains it without excusing it mm-hmm. in a way that um, you're never going to like this character, but you can find this character very believable. Yeah, like this 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 situation that he's in and these kind of excuses that he makes map on to real life and feel like real life abuser behaviors as opposed to a kind of two dimensional comic book evil that often, ha- you know, there, there's the, the comic book trope thing, like the, you know, girlfriend in a fridge mm-hmm. uh, thing from an old flash comic, um, which is, is kind of shorthand for how comic books deal with violence against women. Right. Um, this is, you know, the storyline, this character deals with violence against women. That's not something to be taken lightly. I'm not necessarily making a procurement on how well the game handles that in general, but it feels like it maps more onto real life yeah. than it does, you know, and there's, there's no happy endings for the Baron. No. Um, you know, as well, as we'll get to, yeah, like he gets his, it's, it, it's, it's shaded in such a way that, you know, you, he's, he's never sympathetic. There, there, there is capability for empathy. Um, yes. In this. Yeah. Yeah. It is that, you know, so as we talked to him, you, you asked him about Siri and he says like Siri arrived kind of beaten and exhausted. Uh, to my doorstep and we did our first flashback. Um, this was really surprising to me the first time this happened. Uh, I did not, I don't think the other games have ever had you control anyone else. I, I, I don't um, know. Yeah, it, it was, I was surprised. I was not expecting this. Yeah. And we talked about controlling Siri in the previous episode or in the generalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you are controlling somebody with a, with an entirely different moveset. It is restricted. You know, you don't have the kind of inventory Batman powers that Geralt has. Uh, mm-hmm. However, you do have godlike combat powers. <laughs> Yeah, you you are not meant to lose these flashbacks. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, you're you know being you're playing Siri as she is being chased down by these wolves, um, and along the way she finds this little girl whose parents left her for dead because well we can't feed you anymore, so it's to the wolves for you. Well, they they send her like she's looking for the the daughter's looking for the trail of treats right there. So it wasn't just like hey go get eaten by wolves. It's like hey go eat your fill from this trail of treats. Uh-huh. Um, so it's still the same sentiment. Like the parents are still doing the same thing, but it wasn't, it plays into the witches mm-hmm. of Kirkland bog, um, <laughs> which we'll, we'll be dealing with later. So you, you, you run into this little girl and this is where you have these hilarious scenes where you're just rendering tallow <laughs> from these, these wolves in front of this, from this little kid. Um, yeah. The, the little kid keeps talking about the, the king of wolves. Yes. Um, and, and that's what you're, you know, rendering that tallow to do. Um, or, you know, to, to, to take care of is because Siri, because of her witcher training, understands that there is a werewolf uh, that is that, that, that is around here. And it's it's kind of cute because you can see her talking through the steps to this little girl like Geralt would have to her when they were out, you know, yeah. on their own adventures. As if this little girl is going to end up becoming a little mini witcher as opposed to ending up uh, food <laughs> for eldritch monstrosities. <laughs> So I, th- I think that there's a happy ending in the short term for this girl, but. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. She gets a, she does get adopted. Yes. Correct. Eventually, probably not. She's going to end up I mean, some kind of monster. I mean, we're talking but... about like, ah, it's not a long enough timeline, you know? Yeah. <laughs> long enough. And any of us ends up in a bee, a bee nest faced uh, <laughs> uh, monster. So yeah. um, you as you're kind of going through, you, you uh, fight this king of wolves. You know, after you make this oil uh, to take it down, rescuing these men. And one of the men takes you to the Baron saying like, hey, you and this other little girl, one of you has to be the Baron's lost daughter. There's a reward. Right, right. Uh, for this. And this leads us, you know, back into the the, the present, uh, which is uh, Geralt says, hey, 
where'd she go? And he says, well, how about, you know, I have valuable information. How about you scratch my back? I'll scratch yours. Yeah. Um, find my daughter and wife. Mm hmm. Um, so the Baron is, uh, endangering your daughter so you can, uh, reconcile him with his. And you can, and you can say that, yep. you know, like you can, you can be as a, it doesn't mean he's going to give you the information, but you don't have to be polite right. to the Baron. <laughs> um, you are, you're working together because you have, you know, he has something you want, not because you're on his side. Right. Um, and the context for this is set up pretty well right away at the beginning of this quest. Family matters. It's a very, it's a very long quest, um, because you ask him some questions and he's real evasive about it. And when you go up and investigate, you know, his wife and daughter's rooms, you see signs of this struggle. There's wine everywhere. Furniture's broken. Like there's a painting that has uh, been run through that he tried to hide. Um, like the Baron has tried to cover this up, but he can't hide it from a witcher not from those senses so he admits like yeah the night when they left i was i was drunk yeah yep and he you can you know the player can tell that he's not telling the complete truth right a little bit of la noir tech going on yeah (laughs) yep um so as you're kind of searching through and getting the uh doing your batman thing putting this this back together you find this amulet um that the baron you know you ask about it the baron says hey um there's a peller in town who might have given it to her yeah peller like a like a wise man kind of guy i had no idea yep. what that word was but i didn't either uh but here it is <laughs> uh you know uh he is a, he's a character we're gonna deal with him yeah. um you head on over to uh to find the uh, the peller um who people are menacing him uh outside his hut is that that's correct i believe I think so you yeah to chase off chase off some fools this is where it becomes very useful to have your three levels of uh axie yes um, you know, you don't need all three levels, but that if with three levels, you have a hundred percent chance of success mm-hmm. on any of these, uh, things and you only really bypass fights. Right. So, and it gets you those, out. them 40 experience points. Yep. Which early on, that's, that's a you know significant amount. Yeah. Um, so the Peller wants to help you. You know, he, he, senses that, uh, you know, he, he knows that he made this amulet to ward off dark forces. However, um, he needs his goat princess. Uh, to yes. perform the ritual. So you have to go rescue. <laughs> rescue the princess. Yep. Uh, you go rescue the princess. Um, heading out. The big kind of thing here is there's a fight with a bear. <laughs> um, you may have already fought bears. They they wander the countryside, but you, you, know, you fight a bear um, around here to find this goat and get this goat to, to follow you back. The goat keeps getting distracted by strawberries and raspberries uh, on the way back. But it is like, I like Geralt with animals as well as kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a line here that I remember where he says something like, um, you know, you, you know, you and I could become great friends. You have the qualities of a good roach. You don't talk much <laughs> or something like that. And it's like, it's kind of sweet. Yep. Remember um, roaches, not just Geralt's horse. It is the name that he gives to whatever horse he happens to be riding at the time. Roach yes. is entirely disposable. Yes. <laughs> um so uh despite the indignity of leading a a goat called princess back to this peller you do so and he combines some rat blood with the goat's milk and decides to breathe the fumes uh, i think that's called doing jenkum um mm-hmm. and uh he has his vision um about uh you know uh, about the wife and the daughter um saying the child it lives not yet did not die um, which may seem confusing. Yeah. And strange aeons, even <laughs> botchlings may, may yeah. forever lie. Um, so you find out, um, you know, Anna was pregnant uh, before she left and she miscarried. Um, he knows this and the child awoke and is something called a botchling. Right. 
um, which now haunts the swamps. Yeah. Botchling, um, like specifically an unwanted, unfortunate child who never got a name. Yes. Yeah. Can turn into, you know, when that happens, that can turn into this kind of monster. Right. Um, you know, Geralt fills in that information uh, for it. This again has that feeling of like magic tied to like folklore. Right. Like this feels like something directly out of weird European, like Baba Yaga folklore. Mm hmm. And that is, uh, again, part of the the big way that, the, you know, the big plus of how this game feels. Right. Uh, um, and it very well could be. Like, the wild hunt is an actual thing from folklore. I had no idea yeah. that's, that, that, that's what it was till I saw a wiki entry on it. Yeah. Um, you know, us not saying, hey, botchlings are this thing from this culture is just a project of ignorance, not necessarily carelessness. I'm kind of looking at it right now, and I can't find anything specific, but okay. it has that feel yes. uh, to it. Which is what matters um, for this context. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you you have this information saying like, hey, there's another wrinkle to this. Um, uh, you may not have realized what happens, but there's a bigger uh, kind of problem to solve, which is the castle and the stables are on fire. The Baron went into a rage and you have to rescue not only rescue uh, a stable hand and the horses by, you know, climbing in and opening the door. You end up confronting the Baron and having a fist fight with him to sober him up. Well, the, um, the, the castle's on fire, just the, the stable's on fire. Okay. And and you don't have to rescue the stage hand or stable hand. Like, you do so, and you get a minor reward for doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and my girl did it to let the horses out, essentially. Um, <laughs> well, but well the, any one of those could be promoted to roach. I totally. Like, any, <laughs> when you're a girl, every horse is a roach. That's how the expression <laughs> yeah. uh, goes. Um, but, yeah, this is totally optional. You can just ignore that. And there, the dialogue option for it is just like, hey, I'm not a, you know— a firefighter, get your people on this. Mm -hmm. You know, this happens with castles. Um, <laughs> you know, but you get to do this, this fist fight because the, you know, the Baron, as we mentioned, dead drunk. After you beat him up, you, you have this talk and he'll open up a little bit more uh, because you say, Hey, have you, you haven't given me the complete truth. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about this miscarriage. Right. So, uh, you know, the night of the struggle, you know, he was abusing her and that caused Anna, his wife to miscarry. And Gerald explains botchlings to the Baron you know, saying who who ends up saying like, hey, we need to we need to spare that botch thing's life. Can we lift the curse instead? I don't want to be responsible for killing my killing my daughter again. Yeah. Yep. And the uh, you have an option here too. You mm -hmm. can say like, hey, this thing is too dangerous. We have to put it down. Or you can try to lift the curse. Right. Um, it feels like lifting the curse is the you know I can't imagine other people not doing mm -hmm. that, but. There's no like telltale breakdown. I'm sure they have that data that they, they just don't show it to you. Yeah. And there is an entirely different uh, way this articulates if you decide to kill the botchling. Hmm. Um, but uh, which is one of, you know, one of the, the side paths I did manage to read up on, yeah. um, which I'll mention after we say what we did because we're not monsters. <laughs> well, I'm kind of a monster because Geralt cannot carry this thing. Instead, he has the bloody, he takes the bloody Baron down to where he, you know, buried the body of this, of, of this child um and you know uncovers it it is the botchling you know, it's this kind of goofy looking but still scary looking thing and has the uh and has the bloody baron carry the botchling back up to his uh back up to his doorstep to the, yeah, to the threshold he, he's got to bury it under the threshold and give it a name right um and the botchling uh he's able to calm it down um using axie um but as so it kind of creates this like little escort mission where uh, the Baron carries the botchling. The botchling will start getting agitated mm -hmm. and you have to use magic to calm it down. But while you're doing that also, um, it's awakening these wraiths. Right. 
um, who want to get it. Um, these are the first wraiths you have to fight in the story, and you probably run into them already. Yeah. Um, these are interesting to fight, I think. Uh, they teleport around mm-hmm. um, kind of behind you, and they attack twice. Like there's – it took me a – you know, when I say a long time, it was like, took me 17 hours to learn this. <laughs> it didn't take me that long, but eventually uh, these guys, things kept tricking me because they attack twice mm-hmm. when they teleport. So you can't do the short dodge and then counterattack. You have to do the short dodge, short dodge, then counterattack mm-hmm. um, and, and take these things out. They're also early on when you're not doing tons of damage, you're want, going to want to lay down the uh, the trap field. Yes, because they're pretty damage resistant, resistant because they're incorporeal. The trap field, I forget the name of that sign. Um, you know, while they're inside of it, it slows them down a little bit and also makes them corporeal. Take full damage. Yes. So you're doing these fights on the way back uh, up to this thing where you get up to the uh, the threshold here. <laughs> As the Bloody Baron is struggling with this monstrosity. He's holding it like he's holding a turd by the corner. Like he's holding <laughs> it out to arm's length because it's disgusting. Well, yeah. You know, um, but you get to this part and it is this like strangely affecting scene. Yeah. Right. Where this like baby who had, you know, it doesn't, it turned into this monster because it was not loved. And you kind of walk him through the the magic words uh, of of honoring this thing and naming it. And it becomes, you know, the next night you wait for a day, uh, mm-hmm. you meditate, you just kneel outside the Baron's house mm-hmm. for a day, just like cut over to the Baron looking out the window, <laughs> see if you're still there and kneeling with your eyes closed. Um, and it turns into this like lubricant, which is like a useful, I think Geralt says something like it's a useful gob yeah, or something like use some kind of, some kind of term like that, that will like protect the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so very cute. Yep. It's like bound mm-hmm. to the house. Um, and you can never really interact with it. It just offers some form of protection to this place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, it's not like a cute, it still looks pretty gross, but it is a, uh, it is a cute idea. Yeah. It is more uh, grotesque than, uh, than gross. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that it will do is, you know, it has some attachment to its mother so it can raise and the next night you can follow it, um, along the trail to, you know, to where the Baron's wife and daughter fled to that evening. Um, and you go through the swamp to a fisherman's hut past this really grisly scene, um, where they very obviously, uh, scraped by just barely, um, and the family here helped them along. Uh, at this point, Gary, we should talk about what the other path is, because I do not see how a lubberkin would lead you to this without, uh, a lubberkin existing. Yeah. You don't, you don't make a lubberkin the other path. Um, the other path you, uh, you go, you kill the uh the botchling and then you drain its blood uh and bring it back to the peller and the peller does a ritual um to find out where uh where the mother is okay and you have to protect the peller while the peller uh does this ritual and like monsters attack nice so not you know not that different but a relatively significant difference mm-hmm. in you know in how this actually articulates yeah um you get more peller time yep so and if you're friends <laughs> with p then you're friends peller with me time. Um, <laughs> but this shows two different approaches to witching, whether or not yes. you take the quick path, um, to get rid of the threat immediately, or whether you were to lift the curse, you know, witchers or, can do both. Or the safe path, because the, the implication, even when you agree to lift the curse is that, you know, it might not take, it might, uh, you know, this is actually pretty risky. Right. And if it, you fuck up, this thing's dangerous. It could kill the Baron, could kill the men, um, lead to yeah. all kinds of problems inside this little kingdom that the Baron had put together. Yeah. Um, so that, that fisherman's family, they help them. Um, you find out that Tamara uh, ran away and got to Oxenfurt. Uh, Oxenfurt is a small town south of Novograd that is like the home of an academy. Yeah, it's like a university yeah. town. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Anna was dragged off by some huge beast. <laughs> um, you, you tell this information to the Baron. The Baron says, hey, 
um, make sure, you know, let us know that uh, Tamara is in good health. Yeah. Tamara is his daughter. Anna is his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That is optional. I did that the first time I played through this, but forgot to do it the second time. Like I advanced the main quest past the part where you can check in on tomorrow. So that whole scene where you go do that is not mandatory. Yeah. Um, Well, if you go do that, she has fallen in with, um, with the church of eternal fire. Like she is, she has gone to Oxenford and fallen in with the witch hunters in order to raise the forces to rescue her mom. So they become, uh, they and her become a force uh, when you ultimately do the side quest that completes the story out. Yeah, that, that part still happens. You just don't get the, the foreshadowing for it. Oh, okay. Um, I think actually what happened, I don't think I advanced the quest. I think you get to the part where um, he says, hey, go make sure she's okay. And you can say, you know, you hired me to find her, not to go check on her. Right, right. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you, you, know, you don't have to do that. So it is this weird, again, this kind of where most video games would kind of, you know, but thou must. Uh-huh. You know, in that kind of situation. It's like, well, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Like contracts and the letter of the law are important to witchers. Yes. So, um. We get another, as he opens up, um, he tells you that you get your next uh, Siri flashback, which is about her kind of palling around with the Bloody Baron after she showed up after uh, the King of Wolves and uh, racing him, um, wagering her sword versus his uh, Black Mare. Um, They get to the tower. It's pretty easy to win this race. um, But this flying beast flew down and attacked them. Yeah. Um, It's implied to be a basilisk. uh, Yes. And um, we're going to find out more about that later. He decides to leave it on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good storyteller. Yeah, yeah, right. For all of his faults. Yep. Um, <laughs> knows, knows how to build anticipation. <laughs> um, you can't really advance this part of this quest further until you do the Lady of the Woods. Go back to the uh, the witch. Right. Um, so you find the Trail of Treats um, <laughs> in the woods in this kind of like pretty tough area in the southeast of, of Velen. Right. Like, there are tougher monsters here, Yeah, uh, I found. And it is riskier to, to walk off the trail. Well, there's so many of them, too. Like wherever there's water, there are going to be drowners. Yeah, um, and, and water just, hags. Right, right. And the water hags, um, they can jump around a lot, but their big thing is they're like bloopers in Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they, yeah. they hurl mud at you and uh, obscure your view, and you know, you need to see enemies attacking to like dodge them. Yeah. Yeah. And and they'll they'll start mixing them up. Mm-hmm. Like having them backed up with, you know, four or five uh drowners. Yeah. And uh that can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this trail of this trail of treats um, because you end up, you know, uh, inspecting these uh, cookies and stuff and you find out, oh, they're rotten. They're full of worms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do, they do get, you know, the idea is they do get replenished because somebody else references the trail of treats like working, you know, mm-hmm. somebody walking by the, the trail of treats and eating said treats. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of donuts on it, <laughs> which I like. They're like they look very weirdly like modern. Yeah. <laughs> like Simpsons donuts. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you eventually, you know, follow, follow this to this town where there are no real apparent adults around. It's just kids that are rhyming about cooking a dog. Yeah. Kids are after my own heart. <laughs> um, I, I can't even make that joke. I'm so yeah, sorry. That's fine. I'm sorry, puppers. Um, this is, I mean, it, it's only a couple houses. It's not quite a whole town. Right. Um, and they're, they're talking about their grandma who was mm-hmm. here. Which you can talk to, but the grandma keeps shooing you away. Yeah. Is something um, kind of wrong with her? Like, she doesn't seem to be perceiving the same things that you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is this is tons of really good Geralt with kids stuff. Yes. Um, the kids are uh, keep swearing uh, <laughs> as well on the grandma. Kind of, and one of them's like, yeah, grandma's batshit or something like that. Like, it's it's pretty good. Yes. Um, and one of them mentions Johnny. Um, Grand says Johnny isn't real, but the kid says that Johnny's seen Siri. 
Um, so you're like, hmm, um, you want to uh, find out about Johnny. But before you can do so, you have to distract the grandma to <laughs> ask the kid something in private. So you have to do this hide and seek mm-hmm. quest where these kids hide from you um, and play hide and seek with them, which yeah. is real minor note, but it's like pretty cute. Yeah. Well, I just I love the idea that like if you're going to be going to these villages, you know, like kids live there. Um, and mm-hmm. their parents might have been killed by one of these things. You could see the competency at dealing with children being a huge, a huge benefit to a witcher. So this isn't yeah. just his, you know, his own past with his daughter with Siri. This, you know, could be like just a professional skill that he has developed and honed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it is just kind of creepy, right? So we have this trail of treats. We have these uh, the crones of of Crooklyn Bog that we've mentioned. And we have this town where this woman carries these kids. And uh-huh. it's kind of implied, like, you know, for a little while, I thought this was the witch. Uh-huh. And thought, like, oh, it's going to go that way with this aversion <laughs> that, like, oh, this is a legend, but really it's just this orphanage out in the, the swamp. Right, right. Uh, but yeah. nope. The, the parents didn't want these kids anyway. This is no this is no real tragedy. Like, she's taking care of them in their own way. It seems like that. Right. Uh, but, you know, the end to which she's taking care of them, we will get to. Yes. Um, so you find uh, Johnny after you learn about him. Who's this weird little blue, like bug-eyed goblin thing. Yeah. Uh, and you find out he has a godling or, yes. or, you know, Geralt says that he has a godling. Yes. Uh, he has a godling. This is kind of like a spirit of the woods, uh, you know, mischievous, uh, childlike kind of figure. However, uh, he's a mute. He only mm-hmm. kind of communicates through a pantomime, you know, and Geralt again is in, I'm dealing with kids mode. Um, and you end up having to go get his voice back from a nest of harpies who uh, stole it from him. We find out later while he was pooping, which is his favorite yeah. part of the day. Yep. Yeah. He's he's a he's a crude little shit. Um, <laughs> harpies are, uh, you know, kind of like they fight similar to other flying enemies. Um, they're much smaller. Right. Um, so it's harder to tag them with crossbow bolts. Um, but they, they're kind of strafing runs are slower. It's easier to tag them out of the air with your sword. Yeah. Um, that. And if you get them on their back on the ground, you can execute them on one shot, but they, they attack in groups exclusively. Yeah. This taught me to rely on the auto target of the, uh, of the crossbow. Um, mm. After the Griffin fight, I pretty much never went into, tar- into targeting mode with it. Like, no, if you I, just, I didn't either. Yeah. If you just pull the trigger button, um, then, you know, Geralt will shoot that thing automatically out of the air. So as long as you're facing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you get his voice um, in this little jar. Uh, eats <laughs> it, says his favorite words, uh, does, sings a little song. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty cute little scene. Um, and he, he says, you know, okay, I'll help you. Um, you know, I like Gran, but she's, she's nuts, isn't she? And, and you agree there's something going on with her. Um, and he convinces Gran to take you to the ladies of the wood, which you go down to this basement in this house you previously, you know, that was previously locked, uh, and look at this tapestry of these, uh, these fates, yeah. essentially the, um, the three Greek, the, the weavers of fate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the furies and such. Um, yeah. and in, in, in the, in the picture, like in the, in, in the tapestry that's put up there, they're shown as these, you know, kind of like comely lasses. Uh, yeah. You know, and we, we, we've heard the ladies of the woods, you know, being talked about, you know, as these great beauties, uh, who happen to live here. Uh, if you think that's not going to be subverted, boy, howdy, have I got some yeah. news for you. Um, my favorite, <laughs> good. Or, uh, well, I was just gonna say the way. I mean, hopefully, I'm not gonna. I'm not snaking your point. I love the way this is presented, though, where the camera pans to the still images. Uh huh. When they when they talk to you. So I talked before. I think about a glitch that I had, where a lot of the scenes with the uh, the ladies um, were mute. Oh, like, I had that exact same thing. I had yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So the other scene that happened with me with almost everything with the with the 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 
the bog, the, the crones. Yeah. Um, but here it was really effective where I would just look at the different parts of the painting and I assumed it was like telepathy. Uh-huh. And then just the, uh, the closed captioning would come across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. What's actually happening is Anna is speaking for them. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're channeling their voice through her. Um, you know, and, and the camera is zooming in on whichever one happens to be speaking at that time. That would make more sense there. Where it happened for me was when you see them in person later on. It and happened I was for like... me with both. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I assume they were telepaths right. like this, this whole time. And then I watched the scene on, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of strange. I don't, I don't know if it's just because I have infinite goodwill for this game. I thought that was effective, too. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I liked them speaking directly to my head. Yeah. Um, you know, even though that's not actually the case. And it's not like their voices are shitty or anything. It doesn't ruin it when they no. talk. I, you know, I watched the scene. But here it was cool foreshadowing for that, them talking mm-hmm. through the, uh, the the tapestry. Yeah. Also, I love that this tapestry is made of hair. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically the hair that is cut from young men who go through their maturity right. Um, yes. So, again, just folklore times a thousand. Yeah. Um, so they say, um, you know, they're going to tell you, uh, the head, there's this beast near this town nearby called down Warren, mm-hmm. um, that they want you to, um, go take care of, right. Go do something for the alderman and collect payment, uh, from him before they'll help you. Right. Um, when you go there, he mentions this, uh, this ancient evil that hounds the village and says like, Hey, you know, we can help you out, but we need you to look into this. Right. Uh, to go to the whispering hillock. Uh, which yeah. happened to be the place where these druids of old happened to have their circle before they were chased out by the uh, by the ladies. Yeah, you know, there 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 used to be a little bit more of a structure around this, um, and instead, what has taken their place happens to be far more insidious than any of them, or at least that is the way that is presented. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you head over. Um, you get through this kind of you get to the hillock, uh, which is this kind of maze of vines. Um, there are werewolves outside they're guarded um this is likely not the you know the first werewolf you run into as Geralt. there's a side quest um, that makes sense to do before this but um werewolves are pretty tough uh this is your your introduction to regenerating enemies mm-hmm. um you can actually hit them there's a uh a bomb you can throw at them called full moon i think a yep. bomb um and that will stop them from regenerating mm-hmm. if you don't have that you have to outpace their regeneration yes um which can be really tricky mm-hmm. um Tricky enough when there's one of them, there's a shitload of them around this hillock. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get in without, you can actually run past them and, and you can, there's no sneaking in this game. No. But you don't no. have to fight them all. Um, but uh, at this point, I because I was doing all the side shit, I was over leveled. Mm-hmm. So they were not that bad. Well, you were also but, like uh, really, really um, accustomed to punching above your weight um, at this point as well, right? Yeah. All I did was, you know, I did, I fight a lot of things that are too tough for me in these games, which I should, as I mentioned last episode, you shouldn't do. Right. Um, but I did. So this was not a big deal for me to fight these things, but I imagine it being a big deal. And the first werewolf you run into in that side quest was a huge big deal. Yeah. That was extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you fought one as Siri, you know, that was the King of Wolves, but Siri is a different story than Geralt. Yeah. Siri, Siri is unstoppable. Yes. Um, once you get into this cave and go through this kind of, uh, maze of vines, um, you find this thorny beating heart i love it so much i'm um, here which, which is just like oh shit like at the bottom and it's at the bottom of this gigantic tree uh-huh uh, this, you know and i love that about this because i love um the way when you see a really old tree they look like the shits under them like even in real life uh-huh you know like anytime i see like a very ancient like big knotted gnarled tree it looks like something from fiction yeah to me like that's the kind of thing that like hits my imagination pretty yeah. good 
Well, um, this also kind of had a muted voice. I'm not sure if it was supposed to. Um, mm. The effect was sold. I thought, like, ah, kind of lazy from a, from a production standpoint, but conserve your resources where you can. Um, this thorny beating heart claims to um, be this ghost of a druid that the crones killed and trapped in an endless maze of leaves. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it says like, Hey, you know, those orphans that are down in that, that area and that, that town that you met, they're in danger. Um, I can save them. Right. You need to perform this right. Um, with these different parts of animals and you need to find my remains. Right. Um, so send you on a quest, you know, to go tame a horse with, with Axie and to go get his, his body from a, a, it's guarded by a water hack in a swamp. You bring these back and this whole time, like it is up to you whether you trust this thing. Right. Um, and you know, the villagers were saying that this is, has been ravaging the hillside, right? You know, like this, this has been evil. I had no reason to distrust the villagers. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was it. What ended up, you know, that was my decision right? for this. Like I ended up uh, doing the same thing you did in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a major choice in well, the game. Uh, like a lot of lives hang in the balance because this thing yeah. is, it, it is trying to trick you. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it's, it's plausible. The crones aren't good guys, but the idea of having two, three, really, when you include the Baron as part of this triangle, uh-huh. like none of these are like explicitly good guys. You know, there are good results that can result, you know, that can come from you choosing different sides, but none of the, you know, this is so far from like black and white mm-hmm. uh, kind of quest giving where like, these are supernatural things you cannot understand. Um, and the only reason why I did my, the ending I did, which I, I felt pretty good about you know, which was, was tricking this thing and killing it was because I felt like the village, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of the people, like the villagers are not going to lie to me. Yeah. If, if I had just arrived at this village and they told me about this problem they had down here, like I would come to this conclusion, you know, the fact yeah. that, the, that the witches also have a stake in this, like shouldn't really affect my decision. Yeah. And I, it's not that I trusted the witches, uh-huh. you know, it was just, uh, so you can do this, uh, you can fight this heart. Um, you know, if you uh, if you do the fight, you get this kind of boss fight that you don't otherwise get um, where it kind of uh, there are like it will summon thorns uh-huh. from the ground during the fight. There are other enemies you run into in Skellige that can do this as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not entirely unique. It's like a um, while it, fight almost. Yeah. Yeah. While it summons other monsters, um, you can do what it says and free it um, or you can trick it, which is what <laughs> it looks like we both did. Yes. Uh, and by, you know, by, by trick it, we mean you get halfway through the ritual that it prescribes for you. Yes, yes, yes. You know, put my spirit in these crow's feathers. You can decide to burn the crow's feathers and, you know, it is no longer in its vessel. You know, this, you know, basically puts it without any power over the world. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And when you do so, you leave the, uh, the hillock, the alderman is there and he says, well, you did what, uh, what we did. I'll give you the payment for the crones and cuts off his ear. um so he just up and does it too (laughs) yeah yeah um which you then take uh to to this area and he's very sad about it uh Mm -hmm. losing this this ear as he would uh, here and well and because he's not you know there's other things with their relationship between the villagers uh, and these crones um when you show up the crones show up as well in their true forms yes um and their true forms are quite horrifying um, yes. I'm not quite sure what their clothes are made of, but it doesn't look like a savory material. <laughs> no, it doesn't. They're not that clean. 
um, they are not the, you know, comely lasses, as I said before. They are these monstrosities. Uh, two of them don't even uh, show their faces. One of them has like a uh, like, like a mesh put over it. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one has like a basket. Uh, the, the big one's got a, a a basket that acts as its face. And the one that does show its face, well, she doesn't so much have eyes as she has a wasp's nest. She has, yeah, she has a wasp's nest and a patch. Yeah. And bugs are constantly going through it. Um, one like the one of them uh, that is wearing not the basket but the mask has a, a knapsack with arms uh-huh. hanging out of it and a necklace of ears and uh, a lot of their their breasts are hanging out uh-huh. in a way and when they talk to you they're real flirty in a way that um, is always going to work on me mm-hmm. um, you know go way way back to like the dark corners of the earth thing like the the Innsmouth Bride uh, as as an idea of pure horror like if you erase that from the racist connotations in which it was written like the you know oh this is this is a weird monster that's being flirty that you know is it wants to fuck me but is also this this terrible monster uh-huh. creature that is effective to me yeah right wrong or whatever like it you know uh, uh analyze that however you see however you <laughs> see fit but it works on me yeah and this was extra disturbing you know them being like hey you know hey big boy like if you want to stick around we're going to give you something you're not going to forget yeah. You know, you know, m- mixing this, you know, kind of prurient leverage with the grotesque appearance and yes. the grotesque everything else about them. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, they're, they're not they're not super good with these kids, as we're, as we're going to mention. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the the implication is that they will appear as the ladies of the wood and they are showing up now in their true forms, which are, you know, these crones, these hags, whatever. Um, other probably unintentionally offensive thing I'm about to say, um, <laughs> uh, as you know, this, not just a force for evil, um, this force that kind of extends beyond to become a greater threat than a lot of the people that we, uh, either have encountered or will encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we kind of find out through this as they are, uh, what, how grand works in relation to them. Um, she's kind of a vassal, um, that has been working to take care of these kids, uh, and is essentially fattening them up. Uh-huh. Um, this, this village that you've been in is a larder uh, <laughs> where people send their kids down the trail of treats because they can't take care of them anymore uh, to go be, you know, food. Right. For these creatures so they can hear their, you know, their, their pleas. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll deal with this a long time in the future. Yes. Uh, down here as well. Um, but for now, that is the, the, the consequence of this. We find that out. We find out that Gran is actually Anna, the Baron's wife. Right. Um, there's a mark on her hand that they use to control her, but there's another mark, identifying mark mm-hmm. that he sees, yes. uh, to see that it's her. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she is, you know, kept in their thrall essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can ask, you can ask them like, Hey, what happened to Siri after she arrived? Um, and we get, an, we get another flashback. Yeah. Um, and when she arrives, she's in rough shape. Um, she is wounded and you, uh, you have to do this, like, you know, dash through the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, you're being chased by, uh, the wild hunt, right. I believe, um, so you're being chased by, and eventually you, uh, you get there and you collapse. Uh, and they, uh, they steward Siri for a moment, you know, mm-hmm. take her in briefly. Right. Except she wakes up when they think she's asleep, uh, and she hears them talking about, well, we're going to take her feet so we can make some broth, you know, for some foot soup. Um, yep. <laughs> and they're going to give the rest to Imlareth of the, of the wild hunt. Um, yes. we're not going to hear that name for a while. Uh, and I'm surprised I made a note of it because Imlareth is just a regular ass fantasy name. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and so she, Siri escapes. Uh, you run through the, the bog. Um, and that's that, that what we learn. Yes. Uh, from there. Um, you can react to this however you like, um, but you have no power over these witches. No. Um, there's, no, there's nothing you can do. Um, it is worth talking about uh, so that you know, they escape into fog and leave. Um, we'll be dealing with them in a side quest later. Um, but it's worth talking about what you do if you save the hillock. Um, because the hillock says it can save the orphans. It can. Mm-hmm. Um, if you save the hillock uh, and let it free, it will remove the orphans from the, the witches. Um, they'll end up in an orphanage in Novigrad right. later. Um, however, the uh, since the town has sent you know sent you towards the hillock, and there's some other beef I can't remember exactly. It just kills everyone in that town. Right, right. Um, saves the children, kills all of the adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and uh, if you do that, the witches don't punish you; they punish Anna mm-hmm. um, at this point. And they, uh, I think that's when they turn her into a water hag. Yeah, um, I remember reading about that too. Um, yeah, that isn't necessarily um, better than what happens otherwise. Uh, there is no good end for Anna or for uh, the Bloody Baron himself. I mean, the best thing you can get is like question mark minus. Right. Like the ending I got for them is ambiguous. It's bad for other people in the town, mm-hmm. you know, but is ambiguous for them. But they, you know, they can turn her into, and that might happen later. But it's dependent on this. Right. Right. Um, so again, I mean, it definitely happens later because the Witcher is not a game where you get the consequences of your actions right away. Right. Um, so, but it's important what you do there. The main thing is you got that information about, uh, her being, you know, uh, with the scene with the witches, we get, uh, get the name, um, and we can go back to the, the Baron here. Yeah. And, you know, piecing this together, this is where she was fleeing from when she, uh, ended up fighting the King of Wolves and finding that young girl. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who works in the kitchens? There was the good ending for her, as you mentioned. Right. Um, temporary good ending. Um, you tell the Baron where Anna is, and he finally opens up um, and kind of tells this again. Uh, it's not sympathetic. Like he is a monster. Uh, he's a very bad person, but that feels real and grounded right. about how, you know, he is this he used to be this war hero. He ended up because of the horrors of war, became an, uh, an alcoholic and was gone a lot. And right. uh, Anna cheated on him. She, she took a lover while he was away and possibly also when he was back because he was drinking to deal with, you know, the trauma of war. Um, yeah, and he's the worst. You know, I don't want anyone who, when I'm talking about this character being interesting, I don't want anyone to mistake that for me, like, excusing his actions. No, no. You have the yeah. opportunity to act almost as family court for this for, for, for this group. And I had no mercy for the Bloody Bear and saying, like, hey, no. you know, like, you— <laughs> You 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 can live because I'm not really a judge over you, but no sensible person would say that you you should have a wife and child after yeah. this. And you, you can twist the knife like and I, and I did. Right. You know, like you can you can verbally twist the knife with him as yeah. much, but yeah. as, as much as you can. But the end result is he does have information that you need, uh-huh. you know, so you still have to at least cooperate with him. Um, so he decides at, decides at that point, like, hey, I'm going to go get my wife back. You can go um, – so, yeah, it's definitely she hasn't turned to a water hag yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, agree to help. That's a side quest, which we'll talk about later. Right. Um, which is how we find out the end of the Baron's story. Mm-hmm. Um, for now, though, he continues his story about Ciri. Right. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we left off at the Battle of the Basilisk. Um, Ciri, after a short fight, um, uses her power to get to the Baron at the top of this tower and uh, rescue him. You know, uses the, <laughs> the, the, the sacred power of her people. Um, and you know, the Baron says like, Hey, I'd love to have you here. You could be a champion for my, for my upstart kingdom, but she doesn't want to stay. 
Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't see Siri getting along with the Baron anyway in a long term kind of thing after she finds out what uh, what went on. Uh, moreover, she doesn't want the Wild Hunt to come down. Like she cannot stay in a single place for very long because, like the Hulk, the Wild Hunt is going to come after her regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea between these scenes between the Baron and uh, Siri is to show the Baron in a little bit more sympathetic of a light. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people who are abusive assholes, like, you know, or otherwise monsters, like, are the kind of people you might want to have a beer with. Yeah, they can, re- they can register shift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's a functional monster. Right. You know, and that is, uh, I think, the idea. Mm. Um, but the Baron, you know, says, hey, stay. She says, no, I'm going to go to Novograd. I'm looking for a sorceress. Right. And this essentially, this is what scratches Velen off your map. Yes. You know, off your off your list, this is confirmed. All you're doing is, you know, proving negatives right. in this section of the game. Yes. So she has moved along. We know a little bit of the story. Um, the Baron offers to, uh, you know, I'll give you a coin if you help me out, you know, getting my wife back from the swamp. But you're interrupted because this bizarre hunched creature named Uma just rushes into the room, gibbering and drooling all over everything. Yes. Uh, and everyone acts like it's very normal. It's, it's pretty it's pretty odd little scene. <laughs> yep. uh, it's, it's, it is really out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, the, here, here, here's the monster I want in a game of cards. Yeah. Uh, I think Uma would only happen to you if you lost in a game of cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get you get Uma. Yep. Um, so you, you find out that little detail. Uma will be important later. Like which is inexplicably, very I have no idea. Like when I saw that, um, probably maybe at the end of this episode, maybe at the end, you know, sometime in the next one, um, I was shocked that Uman ended yeah. up being a thing. It's pretty surprising. Yeah. So the next lead takes us to Novigrad, uh, which is the big city. We're moving on up um, to mm-hmm. uh, kind of different bodies of water for the shit to be in. Um, if Velen is kind of like the countryside of Poland in medieval times, then Novigrad is kind of like a, uh, it's like Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. It is modeled after such explicitly. Yes. Um, the uh, It's worth talking about how this kind of changes the general tenor of what you're doing. Um, you know, th- this applies to side quests uh, a lot, but even just in terms of main quests, like we are now in an urban environment and we are dealing with things that are more political. Um, you know, the main quest and side quest in Velen are being in civilization, uh, and kind of against the wild, right? right? Like people send you out into the wild, you, you know, fight this monster, go do this thing for me. Yeah. Our, um, that's our, out in the dangerous area. Our graveyard is overrun by these beings from the woods. Yes. Yeah. Go, go, go clean up our graveyard. The way that things work when you're in Novigrad is much more political. It is much more about um, kind of movers and shakers and the socio uh, kind of socio uh, political area, you know, realities. Right. Of this area. Um, you know, the way that magic fits in the world, as you mentioned, that's a big part of this. Um, you're going to deal with all things a lot closer to that. Right. So you're not just dealing with the, uh, you know, the hierarch of Novigrad. In fact, you really don't deal with him that much at all. Um, you know, you're dealing with the church, you're dealing with the witch hunters, uh, and then kind of the, uh, the underworld, um, yeah. the, uh, the different Yakuza, uh, families that are, uh, they're kind of running this place. Yeah. And in, in, in a part where it's 
CD Project Red, uh, CJ Project Reds, not CJ Product Red. <laughs> CJ Product Red isn't a isn't a person. Uh, CD Project Reds, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm-hmm. as we'll get to. So, yeah, starting off with the uh, the first quest is just called the Pyres of Novigrad. Right. Uh, so called because you know, regardless of how you enter this town, you're eventually going to get to uh, the main square where they're just burning witches. Yeah, uh, and witches were in air quotes. I don't know if you could hear that. Let me let me um, let they... me move my fingers here. You're burning witches, <sighs> witches, <laughs> witches. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's a bad scene. Yeah. Uh, here. Yeah. When you go try to find Triss, uh, here you find out that she's gone. Um, these looters that are uh, ransacking her her house say, you know, she's probably hiding from these temple guards because, mm-hmm. uh, as we know, uh, Triss is a sorceress. And would be uh, prime candy for these uh, these Order of the Eternal Flame. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and all signs point to her hiding in Putrid Grove, which everybody says, hey, you should probably go go there anyway, because that's where the freaks go. Um, and the prejudice against witchers as being mutants is no weaker here than it was out in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is where you have to uh, find out from the beggars, right, how to get in here. Yeah, you need to talk to that the king of beggars. There's a couple different ways you can do this. You can either like trail a thief who will go through here, or you can ask the beggars. Um, there's kind of like cute little scenes with this, but it's mildly annoying. <laughs> a little uh, bit. I find I, like going back and forth. I, I don't know why I went for the like trail a thief quest, and I was like, okay, I'll do this, not realizing, oh, I hated this in Assassin's Creed. Why would I do this voluntarily? Yeah, I I never never want to like do a thing where you have to follow somebody but not close no in a video game it's like one of my least favorite things that video games will not fucking stop doing (laughs) and it's never fun no never fun it's like it kills like gta missions constantly yeah you know it's just like it is it is a really bad thing that is baked into the dna of video games and i don't know why yeah, um, I, I have to put the blame squarely on Assassin's Creed. That's the first time that yeah. I saw it. You know, if it's popped up somewhere else, um, oh, it's de- it's definitely in GTA Three. Yeah, like it's it's an early two thousand thing. But if Assassin's Creed, if they keep doing it, like I'm happy to put any and all blame for almost anything on Ubisoft. Like <laughs> if there's a way to add blame to Ubisoft's uh, video game, the video game style yeah. philosophy, like happy to do it. The way the rest of the internet is for EA, we are for Ubisoft. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not super great with EA either, yeah, but like yeah. Ubisoft, I think is makes worse games yeah. like philosophically right um yeah anyway well they're making far anyway. cry 5 so you get to beat some white nationalist militia men, I, so who who is trusting those people to with that oh i matter? don't i don't yeah no I, no I just mean it's it's i keep seeing people who like who i generally like the opinions of being like yeah i really want to play this game like dude i can't think of i don't want to see any major studio like i wouldn't want to see ea, EA do it either no like a no. huge major super triple a blockbuster game development studio dealing with that subject matter like i have no trust with them nope you know i have, I have no trust in them so like i haven't played it maybe it will be good but the anticipation doesn't make any sense to me right like yeah yeah it's a real um i am skeptical and i'm gonna keep it at arm's length until it proves otherwise and well, and here's the thing is like, even if it does come out and it ends up being like a good game, it's still going to be in a far cry, far cry, far cry. Is yeah, good. Far cry. Far like, cry. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would play far cry like that. That's <laughs> like, I'd be waiting for that, but it's going to be in a far cry skin. So it's no matter what the subject matter of the story is, it's going to be climb these towers. Yeah. Go yeah. collect these 10 doodads. Like it's going to be bullshit. Right. No matter what. Yeah. Field of no magic. Faith. Yeah. yeah. No faith. <laughs> no faith. Um, on either end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> so we, we we get into this uh, the putrid grove which is just like a poor section of the city right right it, it is a poor section within the poor section there's the bits which is a very funny name uh for <laughs> the slum of a town um and uh you know uh, in here is where the king of beggars reigns uh there's a big quest you can do with the different gangs of novigrad um and i i failed that quest i have no idea what i did to, to fuck that up but I guess mm. there's more color to this than you ultimately get. Uh, the King of Beggars, you know, presents himself as this really ambitious kind of guy. He wants to kick the church out um, mm-hmm. and reshape it in his image. And that's kind of why he's working with Triss, because their their needs kind of align in that one particular way. But Triss herself is kind of living hand to mouth, doing whatever work she can uh, to make her living while still flying under the radar of the witch hunters. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, I will always, I did this, uh, this gangs of Novograd thing. I will, when, before we do the side quest thing, I will, I'll read up on it more and make sure, look at the stuff I might've missed. Okay. Um, but I did a bunch of the gang stuff. That's the, the lock, to- lock stock and two smoking barrels. Okay. Uh, kind of quest things you do with these guys. And I'm sure you did some of it because some of it ties into pretty major side quests. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, and I also sided with this guy whenever I could, because anything that is against, you know, religious bigots, I'll take, Right. you know, generally like, uh, I do. I do not like the Church of the Eternal Eternal Flame. No, and any opportunity to kill these motherfuckers uh, and kick them out, I will take. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, here's a spoiler for later on. Like, when you when you deal with the uh, um, with the mage problem, quote unquote, it doesn't help. No, yeah. it just makes it worse because they turn against non humans. Yeah, um, it's not great. But I, I still wanted them. They still had to be to be punished. Yeah. So it didn't actually help, but I, I tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should talk about Triss a little bit. Uh, because mm-hmm. she is a former flame of Geralt's. You know, she is a major factor in the first game. Um, she is the Marianne to uh, Yennefer's ginger, mm, which yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense because Triss is the redhead. Um, but, uh, you know, she is a little bit more humble. She's working for a cause uh, kind of down to earth is, uh, yeah. is, is, is her whole steez, as opposed to Yennefer, who is uh, kind of highfalutin. Yeah, she's definitely um, a little bit uh, brighter and cheerier. Yeah, um, a lot of that comes kind of down to the voice acting. Yes, um, and is a lot more forthright. Yeah, um, so she's one of two major kind of romantic. Like you are choosing, in the grand scheme of things, in addition to choosing things for Siri, you're choosing what the and happily ever after is for for Geralt. Right, and she represents one of them. <laughs> um, um, and just so you you know don't fall into the same trap that I fall into, don't think, hey, I just want to see all these stories, so I'm going to say yes to whatever. That will fuck yep. you. In the yeah, end. that's yeah. The uh, the game does not. You cannot have your have your cake and eat it too. Right. Uh, you can't have your triscuit and it too. Yeah, and yeah, yep. <laughs> not uh, not and I can't have your triscuit and your uh, <laughs> yenny and a biscuit. Um, ain't gonna happen. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. So the uh, you kind of follow her. She's got some chores to do, and you can kind of talk to her. And she says, "Hey, would you help out? It's an old flame, you know. Regardless of how this articulates, like I did not romance Triss, but um." You know, she's still an old friend. You're right. still going to help her out. Yeah. Um, and so you just like follow her on these chores. You see exactly what she is doing uh, to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> first off, she has this uh, this shipment of alchemy uh, supplies that her courier had to throw overboard um uh throw off the bridge because of uh you know because the witch hunters were coming down on them uh, and she sends you to go uh rescue it before you know it gets saturated. Uh, I love this because Geralt says, oh, well, <laughs> what's a little bit of dirty water? The water's thick with pungent oils. Guess it'll do wonders for my complexion. Hey, dog, those yeah. oils came from people's colons. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those are it's thick with human oils. <laughs> yep. Uh, and not the hangsman, hangman's poison that you apply to your sword. To, no. To fight no. human. Not that kind of human oil, you idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and uh, you, you go to another job for her where it was to uh, set up these rat traps, these magical <laughs> rat traps in a granary. Um, I, I love that. This all-powerful sorceress who, you know, kings fear, uh, you know, so uh, uh, just uh, so effective that her entire class has to be uh, oppressed. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to, like, get rid of these rats. Fine. Mm-hmm. That's what she's reduced to. Yeah. Same thing. That was actually a big part of um, Kira Metz, too. Yep. We didn't talk about it. it. was her being reduced because there's this whole thing with the Lodge of Sorceresses yeah. uh, being displaced, which happened either in the books or in an earlier game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the, you know, the effects are still yeah. uh, being felt. The game gives you a little bit of leeway, a lot of leeway, actually, to determine whether or not the dissolution of the Lodge is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and the sorceresses that you meet are definitely a mixed bag of, yes. uh, let's say, morality and pragmatism absolutely and turned out to be very important yes uh, to, to this main quest so yeah um so as after you uh kind of set the traps you know do your part of it and while she's doing the ritual you guys can have your your talk right. uh, about your past and this is uh, the first and the, the steps you know you're going to take towards romancing her or you know you're determining what your relationship is and what your feelings are whether you're, you're good friends or whether you're lovers right yeah determining how much you are hanging on to uh to yes. what once was you know, and you're doing this. You're having this talk about us as the rats just stream away like they're fleeing from Moe's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're fleeing into Moe's, rather. Uh, tuck your pant legs into your socks. Um, and when you go to leave, her client appears. Guess what? This was a sting. He was working for witch hunters. Uh, and you have to deal with this. Yep. Um, so as you do uh, do so, um, after you do so, Trissa as well, you know, um, one person who might be able to help us find uh, Siri is uh, Kareen, who is an oneromancer, yeah, uh, which is a dream magician, uh, you know, a dream sorceress. Yeah, um, and, and she uh, she is on the run from the dream police. Yes, and they're they're in her head. Right. Um, oh no, <laughs> uh, um, oneromancy, a thing. Didn't realize yeah. that huge thing in the Bible. Yeah. When I played. Um, uh, it's also in like lots of different fiction. When I played the Planescape uh, Pathfinder game that I played a long time ago, um, and was playing as the uh, the person who wrote the King in Yellow hmm. uh, in that fiction, I was a, a, a neuromancer. Nice, I was a dream magician. So yeah, way yeah. into it. So Kareen, this neuromancer, um, you know, again is doing uh, hand to mouth work. Uh, she's found this client who bought a house that ends up uh, being haunted, and he knows it's haunted because he found human feces in the parlor. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like that episode of The Office where uh, Todd Packer haunts Michael's office. <laughs> or that episode of It's Always Sunny uh, yes, where there was where they haunt the, the bed. Lips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, as you're exploring this house, you know, uh, Kareen is up there dreaming, doing her work. You see this strange little little girl standing over Kareen's bed, you know, crawls away and disappears. And well, she's she's not doing her work. She's. Uh, sleeping like she's under like a sleep curse she won't wake yeah. up I, f- I figured and, that she was that, that, that she was dreaming and like she had gone to sleep in order to determine you know to go back to the history of this house and this girl who was standing over her, like trapped her and basically mm. started like running her through these different matrix simulations yeah um, event, pretty much she is under some kind of you know some kind of trap right right um, and you go find out, like, hey, this strange little girl, you follow some drawings, she's in the basement, it's a, it's another godling. You know, you, you've dealt with one of these in uh, Johnny out in the woods. This is Sarah. Um, <laughs> she is pretending the house is haunted so she can have a place to live. 
and she doesn't want to move out out of the city because uh, rent's crazy. Um, <laughs> and she is controlling Corrine's dreams so that uh, this guy who bought the house will never settle in. Yeah. Um, so you have a, a, you get to choose how you deal with Sarah. Uh-huh. Here. Um, you can lie and say the house is haunted and get that guy who wants to buy the house to to ditch off. <laughs> the guy who bought uh, the house. Yeah, the guy who bought the house, rather, to like just, you know, have it be a loss. Yeah, write it off, yeah. Um, I was expecting that to have more consequences than it does. Um, there actually are consequences if you chase Sarah out. She shows um, up later. Like, like yeah. uh, b- both Kareen and Sarah end up being factors later on. Yeah. But I, I let her stay there, and they end up becoming kind of buddies. It's yep. fun when you come back and visit. They're like roommates. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I would live with a godling for cheap rent. Oh, for sure. Uh, in a city. So. Yeah. You know, um, and I would like tell it, okay, I want to have a dream about this. And it would, yeah. you know, help me out. That would um, actually be pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, this is also like you can get a quest uh, for a haunted house. You can take up the uh, the the owner's, um, you know. Uh, charge here as well that would have probably changed my approach but it's like yeah you know what you're like rich enough to buy an investment property you can probably soak this one dog yeah i i generally uh sided with non-humans and tried to aside with oppressed people yeah in these situations so i i was doing that that thing for him i just lied to him that it was haunted and he you know i couldn't give him proof i didn't get the you know the payment right there but you know it, it soothed my conscious yes conscience, so yeah it was fine you know. There will be yeah. more down the line. Sarah yeah. won't have infinite houses. I have infinite contracts. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, after you kind of, you know, take care of that and find out about Sarah, um, you go meet Corrine after she wakes up um, in a bar, the Golden Sturgeon. And uh, you talk, you both talk about, uh, you share some memories of Siri. She needs yeah. to hear these memories to, to do her work. Yeah. And, um, I, and I, I say everything. And this is yeah. where you get a lot of exposition about, Siri as a character and also Siri as kind of a keystone in the cosmology of this world. Yeah. And, and her relationship to Geralt. Yes. You know, how important, how important she is uh, to everything mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. And uh, you, you kind of, it comes out during this or you mentioned that she probably, you know, while she's in town, she would have met up with Dandelion. Yeah. Uh, if Dandelion's in town. So. Yeah, <laughs> and this all-powerful Aniromancer, uh, she goes into her dream and comes back and says, yeah, that thing you said, yes, go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, when you do when you do have the dream, um, you do learn, uh, you get a dream of a, a swallow tormenting Dandelion. Yeah, and he is in a uh, dungeon, um, yeah. you know, which we learn um, later on, like, you know, he's, he's held beneath Temple Isle, like he, yeah. he, he got in some real serious problems. Real yep. serious trouble uh, with, with with the church, um, and with a little bit more footwork, we find that Dandelion has kind of settled down, and probably um, in Novigrad because he inherited this place called the Rosemarian Time, uh, which isn't just an inn; it's a brothel. Yeah, we're I mean, pretty classic Dandelion. Like Dandelion is new to me uh-huh. for the series, but it is implied this is Dandelion. <laughs> yep. Oh man, and you're going to learn a lot about Dandelion in the next uh, the next quest. This is a, yeah. this is a real highlight of the game for me. Yeah, this is this is pretty good. Um, this is Broken Flowers, um, explicitly, you know the uh, the Jim Jarmusch movie of Bill Murray's, you know, past paramours. Hmm. Uh, this is quoting um, of the same name. I think a really boring movie. <laughs> I'm not, not really I've never worth seen watching, it, so I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I'm not. That's an unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people who love that movie. Yeah. Um, I I tend to think Jim Jarmusch movies are really boring. What else has he done? Uh, dead man. Um, man, boy, I, I feel like a real, um, uh, <laughs> uncultured clod. I don't recognize there's, this guy at all. There's, um, 
there's something else that he's done that's very uh, mystery train. Um, he he is like a an indie darling. Mm. Uh, kind of go. Oh, he did Ghost Dog. You seen Ghost Dog? Way of the Samurai. Uh, I've yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and then uh, the coffee and cigarettes movies. Yep, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah I watched. That's, uh, that, that, that's an easy one to just like watch like scenes. Uh, like the Stephen Wright scene in that is very good. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I'm well. not saying he's he's without without right, merit, right. Yeah. but uh, I I don't particularly like Ghost or uh, Broken Flowers. Yeah, very much. Ghost Dog is fine. Yeah. Um. Also, secretly a little boring though. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got a he's got a pace to him is uh, is the sense that I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of broken flowers. That's Bill Murray looking out a moving car window while jazz plays, like Ugh. a lot of it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no. well. <laughs> so this kicks off. You head over to the Rosemary in Time, and you find an old friend, Zoltan. Uh, he's yeah, this, he's this dwarf. Uh, I wish that there was a little bit more texture to Zoltan. That he wasn't just like the the gruff fighter who mm-hmm. got like like the the only real kind of wrinkle to him is he's loyal, but he also gets into money problems. So you end up following along in his schemes a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's a, a charming character. Right. Like he is right. very like out of the, out of the box dwarf. It, it, yeah. In a game that uh, really makes a point of subverting your expectations. I didn't expect them to uh, take a dwarf and play it as straight as they did. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's, uh, he's got history even in the games. Like even in the, uh, the first one that I played, I ran to Zoltan and did a bunch of Zoltan shit. Yeah. So he was actually like Witcher a one. Yeah. Like a, a welcome face for me, even in, <laughs> with my limited experience. Nice, yeah. You know, so he's he's a likable character who's a little bit shallow. Yep. In as presented in this game. Yeah. Um, but you find him. You know, Dandelion is not here, and in his absence, uh, a bunch of squatters have uh, kind of uh, settled in. So you get to roust them mm-hmm. um, by kicking them out. Uh, yep. Yeah, and you end up searching for Dandelion's planner, which ends up being his little black book. Uh, and to figure out where he is or to get some leads, we have to go and talk to all of his paramours. Uh, but the problem is all of them are coded in Dandelion's verse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so this is a quest where you're just kind of going through and gathering information from people, uh, doing these kind of little mini quests, yeah. um, to check in with these, right. these folks. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about Dandelion, you know, he is a troubadour, uh, he's a bard, uh, uh, very prolific. People know his works. Like again, he is the media in this, um, and he is incredibly flighty. And in previous games and previous stories, Geralt has been the person who has gotten him out of trouble that he has uh, gotten into, either by chasing his dick around like it's a dousing rod, or uh, you know, getting into unwise money situations. Yeah, yep. And he uh, he is he is that archetype right. as well. This kind of, the kind of charming rogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you follow this, you, know, you split the book down the middle and, uh, you go find, uh, I mean, th- these can be done in any order. Found Rosa, um, who they pull a, uh, parent trap twin switcheroo on you, which is pretty mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the, uh, the sword fighting lady and you can kind of come back and, and do more sword fighting with her later. Um, uh, unless both, I didn't kind of do a side quest with her. Both literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, um, and it's kind of, um, I guess one thing, you know, if I'm, I'm searching for things to ding the game on, which I don't think this is a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, the only, you, you foreshadowed your bad ending with your, with your romance and, uh-huh. and, uh, the only affair that counts against you for either, like the only ones that count are Triss and, and Yen. Right. So like you can, you can bone down with any number of people. Right. Uh, and, and just the, the kind of making one of them count, uh-huh. you know, and, and it's like, 
there's a distinction between like a relationship, like romantic relationship slash love and just getting down. Right. You know, and this is implied to just be getting down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of like, you know, you don't really know ahead of time what is going to affect. No relationship. No. There's hints like it's not totally unfair, but it's a mildly, you know, a little bit hinky. Right. It's 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 play. You know, it, it is definitely highlighted that Tris and Yen are set in opposition to each other and that there is yeah. a far more emotional component than even what ends up happening with Kira. If you decide yes. to pursue that, yeah. um, like I, I get that the difference between physical cheating and emotional cheating. Um, yeah. You know, man, that's that, that's complicated. I know it's going to sound like I'm excusing a lot of stuff. In this case, the emotional side of this ends up being a little bit more hurtful. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, right. Like it. It is. Uh, it's. It's fraught territory, but uh-huh. it's a thing. Yeah, I just. I just don't have any like history or competency with this to like speak with authority about it. But that is what they're playing with. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Um, you can end up sleeping with, uh, with Rosa or, or her identical sister, one of, one of the two, I forget which one. Um, yeah, yeah it's the, it, I think it is the fencing one. Yeah. It is the one that is actually the, the, yeah, the fencer. So, um, but this is, you know, it's kind of a goofy, uh, quest and involves quite a bit. Right. You know, it's pretty involved. <laughs> like you're sneaking into her, uh, into her estate. Like she is, she, you know, she, she is from blood. Yeah. 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 Um, you also go, uh, with the, uh, the laundress, uh, Vespula, Vespula, <laughs> um, who uh and all these people like there is kind of like all this stuff with dandelion is a little bit hinky in general uh-huh. just in that like he is a womanizer right um and he's lied to a lot of these women in order to uh get their trust and affection right so it's playing with that and this that's true of this laundress yeah um you know it's played for laughs it is uh it, it's a shitty thing to do in real life mm-hmm. we recognize that just heading off heading <laughs> off comments um it is is playing with that kind of roguish charming gambit style personality yes you know he, yeah. he he had told vespula you're the one and only but she saw him walking and laughing with this blonde woman by the uh, by the harbor yeah the idea. and like this figure that she talks about is going to pop up and you know in a few of these one, one yeah. of the, one of the names ella hall um you go and you uh, go to this taylor's uh kind of house you know speak to this elf you know who's posted up saying like hey i want to speak to ella hall and he's like hey i'll i'll go i'll go get her walks into the back and comes out dressed as a woman. Um, you know, turns out Dandelion had, uh, had hit on him when he was at a bar, uh, dressed mm-hmm. as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it ended up being a non-starter because, you know, it was a cross-dresser. Um, but Dandelion, he got along like, Hey, like we got a lot in common. Let's talk to each other. Let's be friends, etc." Um, and you know, they talked about this other sorcerer that was in town. Um, I think this, uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is a pretty good, uh, uh kind of depiction of cross-dressing. Because yeah. it's not like a sexual thing. It is not shown as a perversion or anything. It is just this is a person who has discovered that they can inhabit different characters and different personas through their talent of uh, uh, tailoring. Yeah, it's I, I'm not you know, I have no idea how how well it is on the like I would want someone to weigh in who had more skin in that game. I yeah, guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't hit my alarms. You know, it doesn't it didn't feel hinky to me. But you right. know, well, what do I know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it is it is it is not played to like say like hey look at this freak yeah no it's 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 not played for that the one part of it that feels mild and hinky to me is it's played as in the, with the context in which you run into it with this like list of paramours oh yeah, yeah. and it's it's not like you know there's no laugh track or anything it doesn't turn out like oh like you know yeah, yeah. oh what was dandelion getting into had sex with a dude you know it, it's not Something i can like see that, some yeah. people taking that from it uh-huh 
whether that's how the game presents it, you know, yeah, which the game in, doesn't. Intent doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and Geralt, like, can ask, he's like, why do you do this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, what, what do, how do you identify? And Elahal just says, I'm just Elahal. Yeah. You know, like it is just, uh, I'm just me. Like mm-hmm. this is what I am. I think it is pretty good too. I don't, uh, I have no idea how this was received yeah. in any kind of relevant community. Yep. I have, so. I have no idea either. So, um, if it, if it is bad, yeah. please forgive me for, uh, for, for, for not, uh, no, I, I wasn't trying to say that to call you out either. I just no. don't, don't know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and you can actually kind of become buddies with Elahal and come back later. Like eventually oh. you'll need formal wear for a, <laughs> uh, a side quest or a main quest. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. that's where I buy. I'm, I'm loyal. <laughs> to Elhal as far as a, a, a tailor goes yeah so <laughs> um <laughs> you can go to uh, uh marabella who is uh who's a teacher you know works with some children you interrupt her class you end up having to wait uh, for her to come back out uh it's hilarious because dandelion was trying to impress her with a scientific knowledge by showing showing her and reading to her from this book about molds mm. <laughs> yep here's here's a sexy mold book um, Molly, uh, is the chambermaid of a baroness who is there, um, who is courting, uh, Voorhees. Yeah. The uh, baronesses, not Molly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, uh, uh, if you remember Voorhees, uh, he is the guy who shaved you. <laughs> um, and you can be kind of buddies with this guy uh-huh. if you want to. Um, they're at a race course and, uh, you can kind of pal around with them and you can go and do a race here. Yeah. Uh, as well. I love the descriptions yeah. of the different horses, like where they're from as being a metaphor for the wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, get kind of down for that kind of coding. You can race him and get a saddle, which is always good. Like saddles improve your uh, improve Roach's uh, st- stamina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dandelion ended up telling Molly, like, "Hey, um, <laughs> Geralt's always saving me. So if he pops around, make sure to razz him about it." Completely the opposite. Um, yeah. And you know, she says, "Like, yeah, I never really went anywhere with Dandelion because he was always doting on his sister." You know. Uh, turns out though. Dandelion doesn't really have a sister. He just has somebody that he refers to as my dearest Kalanetta. This is the blonde woman that he was walking around the harbor, the harbor with that the laundress saw. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you put all these hints together. Zoltan is the final piece of the puzzle because uh, he took half the list as well. Right. Um, when you, you split this list um, and you find out that this was Priscilla, um, who is another performer, somebody who's very much like Dandelion and is kind of coded as like, if Dandelion's going to sell down, this is who he's going to sell down with. Right. Someone uh, who is a lot as much like him as possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a lot to Priscilla uh, yep. in this in this game. You, you do a lot of stuff. So she performs uh, at the Kingfisher uh, nightly, which is another inn. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to this bar um, here and watch her sing, kind of talk to her. Um, something awesome happens here. Um, oh, I'm glad this happened to you as well. Um, I don't think this has to happen. Oh, um, where an old woman who was the bartender in white orchard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tries to run you out. Yep. Um, here and like everyone kind of shuts her up. Like everyone just kind of says like, Hey, we're here to have fun. Like stop making a scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're going to leave. But like, again, how many I had been doing every side quest. So this was probably 30 hours uh-huh. or so, like 25 hours after I'd been in white orchard. <laughs> Um, and it was a real surprise. Like it doesn't have huge consequences, but it is just, yeah, I did beat up a bunch of Temerian boys and killed a bunch of Temerian boys, you know, being yeah. in the game. I, I guess that was me. I did do that shit. And a bunch of L- otherworldly riders came and definitely sacked a few towns on the way. Yeah. She, she, she's right to be upset, you know? Yeah. And just the, the, the game putting this in here saying like, yes, your history will follow you. You know, it's something, mm-hmm. you know, 
I don't, I don't know. It might be different for, for different people. It's definitely something you can forget. You can get complacent and think like, okay, maybe this game is going to be working on a, a time frame for consequences for my choices that is much shorter than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So way into it. And she does this, you know, as Priscilla is singing a song that is very obviously about Yen and Geralt. You know, she is singing one of Dandelion's uh, ballads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, afterwards, you go and find Priscilla. You find out that Dandelion was planning a heist um, of Count Reuven's vault. Um, she has not seen him since. Right. Um, and it, as part of this plan, he had gone looking for Horson Jr. Horson is one of the uh, four major crime bosses. Yeah. Uh, here and for help with that score. And so we get to go be introduced to these crime bosses. <laughs> yep. That love going to the bathhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is like a mob, like a, you know, fantasy mob movie. Yeah. Scene. Um, <laughs> as you've been walking around, you'll run into just kind of unnamed characters that can't talk to you from uh-huh. time to time. And you'll, I kept running into Carver's hench dwarf <laughs> and thinking like, who the fuck are these Carver's hench dwarves? Like, I know those <laughs> words mean separately, but like, <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Uh, and it turns out they're hench dwarves of a man named Carver who I'm going to meet. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all these crime bosses, uh, they meet to kind of coordinate and collude in this uh, in, in, in this bathhouse. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you go and you uh, make your way in. Um, you have to wear a towel because it's a bathhouse. Assassins end up uh, uh, fighting their way through. Uh, you end up fighting them off wearing only a towel and a nice little Eastern Promises kind of thing. It would have been mm-hmm. very daring if they went full on Geralt taint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm. You never actually see Geralt's dick, right? Uh, in, in this game, um, there are mods on PC. I'm sure. No, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't actually know, but it would have been pretty daring and actually kind of awesome. I think. Yeah. Uh, just that, you know, if this was, and even just the situation, because it would. The idea here is that like you're a little bit out of your element. Yeah. You know, in this kind of political thing, you're not, you know, you're at home out doing solo Wolverine shit, hunting monsters. Here you are with all these crime bosses where, you know, where they meet and and discuss things are explicitly political. Right. Um, If they had just been naked, they could have leveraged that nudity for discomfort. Yeah. uh, In a way I would have appreciated. Would have been into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really love the smutty tattoos that the crime bosses have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they're just very crudely drawn. It's like, here's a stick figure figure with boobs. Yeah, they're like prison tattoos. Yeah. Um, and the idea, like the way they are, they're introduced, like the camera actually is very cinematic here as yeah. it kind of goes through and introduces the different crime bosses. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, there are side quests with them. Um, we've already met, met the uh, King of Beggars. Right. Um, Horson is not there. Right. Um, you know, he does not show up. Um, Carver is there, who is a dwarf, mm-hmm. um, as you mentioned. Um, and the But the most noteworthy one, the one who owns this uh, bathhouse, um, is, uh, Reuven, is actually somebody we already know. Right. Um, the Dijkstra. Yeah, Dijkstra. Yeah, DJI. There's a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a Polish company, yeah. so they're going to do this. Um, but yeah, Dijkstra. Um, he was a. I like this character a lot. I ended up. He's a former spy master. Right. Yeah. He. You know. Yeah. He. He worked for like Radovid. He was with Redania and Tamaria. Um, yeah. And that put him against Gerald in the past, but. Um, you know, you end up uh, kind of like approaching each other on kind of cautious arm's length kind of terms. Yeah, that, like you, you both respect each other's competence, right? You know, quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love the interactions with Dijkstra. <laughs> I also like Dijkstra. Like, you know, he's he's a big guy. Kind of comes across as like a almost like a Putin esque tough. 
you know, mm. like, ah, you know, here's this. But he's got, like, real depths to him. Like, you know, he quotes, you know, plays and stuff like that. Like, he's real uh, he's real cultured, much more so than you would expect him to be based on his appearance. Uh, yeah, I always, I always thought of him as, like, the kingpin. Yeah. Uh, for Marvel Comics. That's, that's how he reads to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great character. Um, didn't things didn't turn out great for him? Nope. In, in my game, but the um, he's a great character. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was his fault. He should have been more careful. Yeah, I I I think so. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, as I mentioned before, like the uh, truth of my my Geralt is I don't like being played. Nope. Uh, so no, nobody plays my Geralt. <laughs> um, except me. Hey. Um, so th- they assume that the per- the one person who's not there is the person who sent the assassins. Right. Uh, who's Horson Junior. Um, so they are interested they have motivation to work with you, um, to mm-hmm. send you along his way, uh, to get junior, which is what this quest is named. Um, mm-hmm. there's a side quest you can do because, uh, Reuven or Dijkstra's, um, uh, you know, primary concern is the fact that somebody tried to break into his vault. Yes. Uh, which we yep. know is Dandelion, but, uh, this yes. ends up being a way to figure out a little bit of what he was aiming for or where he might've ended up. Yeah. And this, this quest is real great. Um, in the, I didn't, this is one of the quests where I didn't, I did not get the good ending for this. No, um, you can not. apparently find actually solve the mystery, hmm. um, in a way that is not, you know, not, does not finger dandelion, but I did not yeah. miss something when I was reading about this. Um, but I love he takes you down. This is the first story exposure to a rock troll, uh-huh. um, who he has down in his basement. You've seen rock trolls before. And I love the way this game characterizes <laughs> rock trolls. Yep. Um, cause they're just idiots. Like they're not, monsters explicitly no no they're they're Um, they're not violent like they're like they they are not um specifically against society yeah Yeah. like like the majority of them that you run into are harmless and kind of charming right like there's literally three of them you run into in skeleton that are just having a fart party in a cave (laughs) did you run into the fart party trolls yep yeah there's like some fart party trolls uh that you're they're they're straight up blazing their saddles yeah yeah they're, they're just amusing each other with with you know parts of, of various sounds and, and magnitudes and like uh you know it's very relatable and cute oh yeah you know yeah <laughs> so <laughs> who hasn't had a fart nanny yeah <laughs> who hasn't had a putin nanny <laughs> uh nanny uh, nanny is what i was looking yeah, for yeah nanny that's much better yeah putin nanny is i mean put is also a word for fart yeah. <laughs> um but two nanny is probably better yeah <laughs> do you want me to edit that so you can do it do it right the first time uh, no, no, it's okay. Okay, it's fine. I, I let everyone, everyone can see my, me stumbling towards uh, yeah. the kind of intellectual towering heights of comedy that, <laughs> that is uh, is contained within the, the toot nanny, <laughs> the, the, the rock troll toot nanny. Yeah. Um, a terrible but, name for a band. Ooh. Um, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Dijkstra, you know, he, uh, I, I, everybody is winning these creatures in games. Um, you know, he has this rock troll down here to guard his vault, but, uh, he didn't anticipate that somebody would have blown the back wall out of the vault. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you head down there, you find the, uh, the pieces of the bomb, uh, that are down there. You can question the troll. It's not very useful. No, no. Um, still fun. Um, you find the pieces of the bomb. And uh, somebody dropped it down a tub drain, mm-hmm. you find. Um, so you have to go upstairs and look for where it might have been dropped. Yeah. And you cross-reference the, you know, the, 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 the drain location with whoever uh, uh, kind of signed up to use that tub. Turns out uh, there was a dead nobleman who did that, which points mm-hmm. to uh, the idea of a Doppler. These, uh, these changelings who assume the, uh, the appearance and identity of uh, regular people. And again, not explicitly evil. Right. Like Dopplers, um, you know, are not bad. I think before this, um, it could have happened after this. There is a little scene you can walk by of a Doppler being burned alive. Right. 
uh, prior to this. And it even just says like, Hey, I just wanted to live, you know, mm-hmm. live in the city. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that that's it. And they don't really have, you know, they tend to get found out. Like uh-huh. it is, it does, it's not very sustainable, but they're not, again, they're not explicitly evil. Right. They're not doing this like to fuck people over. It's just that like somebody with this kind of ability ends up falling into a life that is used, you know, the, for deceit. So like you can see why people would be suspicious about the very existence of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as will will become important, one of them is actually a good friend of yours. Yes. Which we'll, we'll meet soon. Well, this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, exactly. This Doppler actually, um, who we'll meet here in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when you go to the abandoned house, um, that this, uh, this person is registered to, or is addressed to, or something like that, uh-huh. um, you, you head to this house, um, you find a note, uh, from someone to Siri. Right. And, uh, the writer was, was captured by Menge. Menge is the, uh, the head of the witch hunters. Right. Right. Yeah. The head of the, uh, the, the secret police. Like he can, he can't buy to menace you when you were looking for Triss earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good guy. Um, yeah. you know, so Riven has hired Triss. Uh, to uh, interpret these runes on the bomb to figure out what happens. Um, and he doesn't believe Menga, you know, uh, that Menga has his treasure, but he sends me and Triss after him anyway, just because he wants to figure out um, how he can be uh, made whole again. Right. Yeah. Um, so you have the plan. Triss comes up with this plan and says, hey, um, the way we're going to get in here is you are going to pretend to capture me. Um, they're probably going to torture me and you just have to let it happen. Right. Um, uh, this, so is, that's- this is wrenching. I hate this. It uh, it didn't happen for me because you can accidentally tip yourself off oh, wow. earlier. When you first show up, I said something that they didn't like. Huh. Uh, and they picked a fight with me, and this whole thing just ended up being a battle. I didn't actually see this torture scene. Huh. It's... I didn't do it on purpose. I just, I'm not good at, I was not good at keeping my cover. Yeah. Um, I was good at keeping my cover. And what happens is, uh, as Triss is being tortured in the basement, well, of course, Menga has tubes and stuff uh, installed so we can hear the torture happening. And yeah, he, he, I saw those tubes. It was like an awesome little bit of like environmental storytelling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can hear the, uh, you know, the the interrogator pulling Triss's fingernails off. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's uh, it's real rough. The voice actress sells it in a way that it's like, no, I don't want this to happen to Triss. Please don't. Well, and you can stop at any time. Like you can, you know, she says to to not do anything, but you can, there's many times where you can, you can break character if you want. Yeah. You have opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 not let her be tortured. I don't know how that um, affects romance things. I think it does. Like one of those things gives you a plus point, one of them gives you a minus point. Yeah. Um, there are many points they add up in aggregate, so it's not going to be the fulcrum in which the whole thing rests or anything either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea. It is a, a, a bunch of strings that are tied to different decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, eventually uh, things go quiet, and Mega goes down to investigate, and Triss kills him. Like, you know, she's pissed right the fuck off. Uh, we mm-hmm. figure, well, uh, we can't, <laughs> this won't do with uh, with the head of the, of the secret police being dead. So we need to find a Doppler to impersonate him in order to uh, orchestrate the uh, the release of Dandelion. Yes. Um, all that stuff also happens if you break your cover. It's just a big fight. And then right. you make the same conclusion. But you fight yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, and Priscilla, you know, knows the whereabouts of Dudu, who is this Doppler um, who has been working with them. Yeah, Witcher has a uh, a Witcher. Geralt has a history with Dudu. Dudu's a buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll we'll be dealing with him soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Reuven uh, calls uh, you to meet him at this point, and says like, "Hey, listen, I know that you lied about Dandelion doing this thieving, you know." <laughs> um, and you say, "Well, listen, I got this key 
to, to it's like Menga's vault or Menga's treasure. Yeah, like Menga had captured Dandelion and in the process also gotten uh, Deeksha's treasure. Deeksha slash Reuben, same person. Yeah. I just wrote them in the same. Um, I, I use them interchangeably. Um, you can say like, hey, yes, I, I lied to you, but ultimately you're, you're going to get your stuff back. Well, Deekstra, uh, that doesn't really uh, stand for him. Um, mm-hmm. And this actually impacts him helping you later on. Yes. Yeah. He would not help me later because I did something wrong here, but I can't remember exactly what you have to do to do it right. Right. You just leave uh, on these very uneasy terms that it's like, hey, you know what? I've got all my money back. So like no harm, no foul. But I know that you deceive me. Yeah. So that, you know. Well, the good does not outweigh the bad. Right. Um, so you talk to Priscilla. Priscilla's really happy to know that Dandelion, uh, you know, happy to find out that Dandelion is below Temple Isle. We know where he is now. Um, but uh, you have to find Doodoo to right. get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you have enough leads to go check out Junior's kind of whole uh, area. Um, and you try to work your way into his guard, uh, uh, like uh, to become his bodyguard by uh, fighting in his arena. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, this is, you know, a little bit of a gladiator sequence. You go through several rounds. This is actually kind of a long sequence, um, <laughs> including fighting a bear with your bare hands. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're done. Like saying like, yes, have I proved myself to you, sir? He's like, nope. Um, I'm actually going to have my men kill you because I know that you're here, uh, for, uh, these other purposes. Uh, yes. And the only reason that you're not uh, summarily killed is because Cleaver's men break in and you're in the middle of a good old fashioned gang war. Yeah, you end up, you know, fighting in that that kind of thing. There are a couple of different places you can check for Junior here. This is the one that that bears fruit. You can also look at his house, but they even say, like, he's not going to be there. Right. Um, yeah. Um, as you're kind of going through this, you end up finding out that Junior has been working with Redania um, in order to take out these four gangs uh, because Redania is trying to soften up Novigrad to take it over. It is the free city of Novograd, but they, you know, it is still very important. Right. Uh, it's on this border. It's a tactical, uh, kind of, uh, area of import. Yeah. And with this information, um, you, <laughs> you go to Deekshire and he says, Hey, go talk to Vernon Roche, um, mm-hmm. who is this, uh, you know, guerrilla partisan for the fallen Tamaria, you know, somebody that you worked with, I think in game two. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think is, so too, but I'm not totally sure. Yeah. It's another figure from Geralt's past. Yeah. Um, and a pretty, pretty solid bro. Like these guys are, you know, when you go there, um, and, and find them there in this cave, um, they're like loyalist, you know, they're, they're patriots, um, freedom fighters, kind of guerrilla fighters. Right. You know, so immediately, uh, they, they have my, my sympathy. Yeah. Well, they're fighting against fucking Redania, man. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not down with Redania. No. Even though that, you know, maybe whether that's good, whether that's bad, it's, it's both. Right. Yeah. Um, so you go there, Roach is like, Hey, I didn't think you were alive anymore. Um, he'll take you to a contact. However, uh, his contact isn't so much uh, an agent of King Radovid. It is Radovid himself. Yeah, Radovid shows up. Right. So, well, you know, and, and this is your first exposure to Radovid, which is pretty intense. Like, he, he has a king um, here. You don't have your weapons or anything. You can't uh, sequence break. Yeah, he's like on this anything. boat that is his mobile kingdom or his mobile castle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get to get exposed to him, and he's he's insane. He's doing these kind of, he's questioning you. Right. Uh, you know, uh, hey, when, when, uh, you know, would you know why I like chess? Like this, you know, real super villain shit. Right. Right. Like yeah. I imagine when I take a piece, I'm killing all these people. Like, okay, yeah. you're, you're going to die. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You, you got to go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody who left him alive. Yeah. Um, you know, spoiler, like that, that's a major side quest that plays in the ending is whether you partake in this assassin of Kings part two yeah. kind of thing later. And it's just like, I it can't suffer out of it to live. No, it doesn't end up working out that great, but like also, <laughs> 
gotta go. <laughs> yeah, like so. it would have been way worse if he stayed alive. Like, yeah, the, and maybe like when you actually look at the endings, yeah. not necessarily, but yeah, it's, suppose, it's not yeah. a. I was really gonna know, roll the dice. Like it seemed like a rational decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he decides, like, hey, I'm gonna give you Junior. You know, it's a, you know Junior's been working with me, but he's outlived his usefulness. He's way too much of a wild card. Um, so I'm going to tell you how to get into his house. Just go there saying you're, you're there with a, uh, fresh shipment of women. Yes. Yep. Um, you get there and you get to see that, that, uh, Horson Jr. is a real monster. Like he's a real, uh, like Joffrey figure, uh, is torturing and killing these prostitutes. Um, and my Geralt, uh, you know, again, as Wolverine does not, does not abide that nope. even to my detriment later during a, a later side quest. And, uh, I beat the crap out of him. Oh Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't think it's here. Um, I do kill him. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have to kill him, but he, he died by my hands. He has an interesting ending if you don't kill him, huh. but, uh, I did, I killed him. Yeah. Uh, uh, somewhere. I, I killed him. It's also interesting if you do kill him because it ends up making room for another person later on. Yeah. 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 No, I was, I was very much the same way. Like it's really gruesome the way that he has like the, 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 the bodies of the women posed and stuff like, you know, the, <laughs> The, the the rumors were that he was pretty rough with them. That is very much an understatement. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, much as I will not suffer Radovid to live, I will not suffer Horson Jr. to live. No. No. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Clean up the streets. Yeah. I'll beat the ever living piss out of you first, and then I will kill you. Um, yeah. But Siri and Dandelion had, you know, uh, approached him because he had some magical resources. They wanted him to fix this phylactery that they were carrying around. Um, the deal mm-hmm. went sour, you know, and ultimately it, it resulted in uh, Junior's men attacking them, and they took Dudu hostage. Yes. Yep. Um, we get to a little flashback where we get to see Siri working with Dandelion. This is their first exposure to Dandelion, who dresses like Prince <laughs> um, in this game. He dresses so. like Prince, and I, it took me a while to figure out what bothered me about his voice actor, who is fine in pretty much, you know, like all the context. He emotes like it's not distracting, except he speaks with an American accent. He's And he's like one of the only people yeah. in the game with an American accent. Like, like there's a, a wide array of accents here, like, you know, various kinds of Eastern European or Russian accents kind of blends. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of Welsh yeah. Um, and when you know where they're dealing with like ancient creatures, mm-hmm. they use kind of Welsh accents, yeah. but yeah, Dandelion's just a dude. Yeah. Like Geralt's also kind of just a dude, but his flat affect is kind of his thing. Like well, the, the, in the fiction. So, uh, the American accent is the Rivian okay. accent. Um, so Rivia is, you know, apparently the analog for America as far as accents go. That's good to know. M- maybe Dandelion is supposed to be from there. I don't know. All that I know um, about his past is that he went to school in Oxenford. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just distracting to have one character because <laughs> Jennifer kind of speaks with like a, a like a an aristocratic New England. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like a Connecticut, like high, yes. high Atlantic kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's because, you know, she's from Rivia as well, I believe. Yeah. Um. So it's just weird because most of the other people have some other kind of modifier. Like Geralt yeah. has a doesn't have a specific accent, but he also has that weird. Yeah. Geralt speak. Well, well, the the the, the beef wall uh, kind of witcher that I met that you did, and he has kind of like a Cornwall kind of thing. Like he's a little bit mm. like a pirate kind of guy. Mm. Um. Yeah. So it's not just a witcher thing that that, that don't have accents. So yeah. the Rivia thing makes sense. Yeah. Um. I didn't know that. There's nothing in the game that tells me that. I found that out from Wikipedia Diving. So okay. Or Wiki Diving. So yeah. But so, yeah, it so is it real weird too it's, that Dandelion spoke just like. Yeah, a dude. it's still strange because <laughs> yeah. nobody else around is doing it. You know. Um, but you know, Siri is fighting, <laughs> fighting these people off and, uh, you know, sends Dandelion away, but he ends up getting captured. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, as you fight your way out, 
Um, at this point, this is when you go back to being uh, Geralt and you get to choose whether to kill Junior or not. Um, I kill him. Um, <laughs> if you don't, he shows up, uh, you know, in a way where, like, on the streets oh. being pelted by rocks by orphans. Oh, good. And stuff. He has a bad ending no matter what. Yeah, uh, I, I I couldn't actually abide uh, Junior no. getting a good ending. <laughs> the game does a, does a great job of like, well, not just abide him getting a good ending. I couldn't abide, abide him to live. Like, right. the game does a good job in the same way uh, that I felt. And this isn't a very similar game, but I felt very similar in like The Walking Dead. Yeah. During times where I just like would build up, you know, the scene and, and the kind of the context and the storytelling is strong enough to where I would build enough of an emotional connection. Whereas like, you know, this isn't a tactical decision. Like, no, this guy's got to go. Right. You know, it wasn't like I was even role playing in the moment. I was just yeah. like, no, and kind of feeling this like this guy's, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter what that. he's offering me. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. if this would be a mechanical advantage. Like, this this isn't going to happen. Like, yeah, this uh, guy's like, oh, not if I have any uh, control over this. Let's go. <laughs> um. So what we're left with, you know, is one dead gang lord, um, and the other, uh, uh, this person we're looking for that could literally be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. So you need to um, uh, on your way out. So you need to actually find Dudu right. and kind of lure him out on your way out. Redanian guards show up and say, hey, Radovid wants to talk to you. Um, he wants you to find uh, Philippa Eilhart. Uh, yeah, uh, Philip Eilhart. Yeah. Eilhart, um, who is uh, one of the circle of sorceresses um, who uh, specifically has a history with him. Right. Right. Almost like his tutor or something like that. Um, he took out her eyes. There's all this stuff. This ends up being a side quest. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later and actually has quite a bit of a uh, kind of impact. Right. She ends up being a major character later. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, um, so once you get past that, uh, you end up trying to search for Dudu and you go to Priscilla. And of course, when you're a playwright, well, every nail, everything looks like, looks like a pail, like yeah. a play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, Hey, uh, she says, Dudu loves the theater. You know, he sees this as kind of supplementary to his abilities as a Doppler. What we need to do is put on a play. You know, like mm-hmm. this mission is called The Play's The Thing, like, you know, straight up Shakespeare. We need to write it specifically to send a message to him saying, like, hey, come out of hiding. Come talk to us. This is not a trap. Yes. Yeah. A coded message because he cannot make a, a, you know, cannot appear in public. Right. Um, so you you have this kind of funny thing as she's writing this play, um, <laughs> asking your opinion and stuff. It is, you know, a low combat kind of cute uh thing right yeah um Um, i i just love how out of just how out of his element Geralt is with this because you know she's asking you a question but she obviously has an answer in her head yeah you know like to the point where you can say like oh well does it matter what i say she says well we're partners but i'm in charge yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah and you kind of go through and and do these tasks to make the clay the play a success i have to get bouncers you have to get um, some these things, this group called the Puffins, who are the best like promoters, the uh-huh. hype men, yep. to uh, publicize the play. Pretty cute. Um, <laughs> this all culminates in uh, you being in the play. Right. Um, she has cast you in this, and you have this like line, you know, section, this kind of infamous section in this game where you have to memorize these lines. Uh huh. Um, in the play, and it is very funny. Well, I just um, I, I, I love this as just an obvious nod to FF six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it is the the, the same kind of kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um you know, you uh you kind of go through and you you say your lines if you if you've memorized them. 
Um, the game doesn't tell you which one is the right line. No. You know, um, and uh, Geralt's weird stiff delivery makes this very funny. Well, it's funny because he's playing a witcher. So there's yeah. nobody else they could cast that would deliver the lines in a flat affect like he does. Yeah. <laughs> even though even every other witcher you run into is not quite like not nearly as flat as he is. Right. Yeah. Geralt's his own weird thing. <laughs> um, as you do so, you know, and the play is about like a Doppler being in trouble and his witch, witcher friend coming and helping him and right, the right. witcher is Geralt. So it can be even more clear. Um, so do you, know, you pull Dudu up onto the stage. <laughs> there, and everyone there's like is, this huge moral saying Dopplers are people too. Don't burn them. Yeah. Yep. And, and, um, and the only reason a riot doesn't start is because it's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. They code, <laughs> they code that social message in the, uh, you know, insane incident for laughs. Um, you get him on your side, you talk him into, uh, posing as Menge, uh, and you're going to go uh, order this transfer so you can go save uh, Dandelion. Right. Um, and this takes us to the final quest that we're going to talk about this episode. Sorry if we move kind of quickly. We are under a time kind of pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't think we move quickly at all. What's that? Uh, like, I don't think we move quickly at all. No, no. I mean, um, for, the, for, yeah. for this last one. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, no, no. So uh, this quest, Poet Under Pressure, um, you set up this ambush. They have uh, organized the transfer. Uh, but uh, things go wrong. The witch hunters have accounted for this, and they start riding off with Dandelion. Zoltan and uh, um, Priscilla end up uh, doing some fighting while you chase after them uh, and kill uh, the you know the the witch hunter in the cottage that he holds up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this uh, this leads to we end up doing another flashback with Siri. Um, she's trying to escape uh, Horson Junior's men, um, and as she does, she runs right into the arms of the temple guard. Right. Um, this is something where you are meant to run, but you are capable enough as Siri where you don't have to. Right. Um, and it's a little bit, you know, it doesn't tell you this. So you can spend a lot of time just fighting pointlessly because she regenerates health, mm-hmm. you know, infinitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, um, you eventually, you escape into the arms of the temple guard. Um, after you've, now that you've sprung dandelion, um, you can talk to him. He says like, Hey, uh, Siri was here with that flackerty, uh, as we mentioned. Um, and we're trying to break this curse. It's unclear who was cursed or why she was doing it, but here are the words she kept saying. Right. You know, uh, and he gives you the curse and says, like, she's no longer here. That means, you know, she's not in uh, Novograd. She must be in Skellige. It's time to go to Skellige and reconvene with Yennefer. Yeah. And move into what is somehow this is still considered the first act of the game. (laughs) But I would definitely consider like it feels like this is the end of the second act to me. Right. Or the. Yeah. I mean, Skellige Um, is such a huge shift. For this game, not just uh, end of the first of, act, rather. Right, right. Such a yeah. huge shift, not just uh, you know narratively, but also um, you know geographically. You're going to a whole different place, a whole different uh, kind of biome. Um, yeah. So it makes sense to kind of break here before we talk about kind of basics of Skellige on uh, the way that it works. So, so next episode. Um, our goal is to talk about Skellige, the end game. Um, if we can fit in contracts, mm. we will. Yeah. Uh, um, if not, which are contracts might be shunted into the uh, the third or fourth episode, <laughs> um, which is fine because those are ten- those are interesting. But I think we can probably get away with talking about a lot of those in general terms. Yeah. A lot of my notes for those end up being like two sentence hooks, almost. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I was a betting man, Gary, I would say that our listener response episode is probably going to include some game content. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that could be the case. Yeah. Um, you know, just to, just to kind of get through it all, but, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we will be back in a week to mm-hmm. talk about Skellige and the end game. 
the rest of the story of Witcher 3. Um, if you have things to say about The Witcher 3, um, not including the fucking expansions. No spoilers, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very invested. Somebody spoiled something on our Slack uh, to me, and ah. it was something that you could have guessed, but it was still annoying um, because I was explicitly talking about where I was in the game. So I feel like if they had read, I'm not going to name names, uh-huh. but if they had read a little bit, they would have known that I hadn't gotten that far. Dirty pool. Uh, Dirty, Dirty pool. pool. Um, <laughs> so uh, hit those, uh, hit us up with those by uh, December 15th. Yes. Um, if you're listening to this um, on the public feed, um, Duck Stream is this weekend. So if you want to watch us stream video games for an important charity um, for the Transactive Gender Center out of Portland, Oregon, I believe this is our fourth year doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a huge event. Go to duckfeed.tv, uh, just our regular website to see all the information, schedules, etc. We would love for you to come out. If you cannot donate, watch and support us in the chat and cheer us on and you know, kind of help keep the sense of uh, esprit de corps alive. Yeah, yeah. And and if you're not able to donate, uh, please spread the word. Yes. Um, that is something you can do, but uh, if you're able to donate, that's great. If you want to support this network and let us uh, be able to keep doing things such as these episodes, but also these uh, charity live streaming events and the like, um, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, even a couple bucks makes a big difference. Um, you know, we're real happy to be doing this weekly. Yeah, but it's not without cost and it's not uh, without time cost as well. So right. any help you're able to give is very helpful. Very much so. Help is helpful. That's the tautology <laughs> you get from me when I'm rushing through an, an admin section yeah. to you, go to game night. You've got people waiting for you, man. Um, yeah. So anything else you probably heard at the beginning of this in the uh, in, in the pre-roll? Otherwise, mm-hmm. please come back next week. We love this game so much. Don't despair that we haven't covered the expansions or will not be covering them immediately. Uh, we do fully intend to. Gary already alluded to the fact that he's playing Hearts of Stone and loves it. He says that it is a guided missile directly toward our hearts, which means that uh, it will happen. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is surprising to me how good that content can be in the face of the main game. <laughs> like it is um, the main game is excellent. This is also equally excellent. I will probably have beat both expansions by the next time we record. <laughs> if oh, I had to guess. Yeah. So it's about a week and a half. I'll, I'll have a lot of time this weekend. So, right. um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're recording this one. It doesn't have anything to do with when it's out, but happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah. And, uh, until next time, uh, watch out for doo-doo. Don't step on doo-doo. <laughs>